I just saw a tweet that says it's an image of a text message preview that says dad from dad Google how do how lobsters communicate with each other and if you if you Google it it says the the thing they have says lobsters pee out of their faces <laughs> oh. What they urinate in each other's faces as a way of communicating, either when fighting or mating. I don't know if that's true. Oh no! Wow, um, I love it. Welcome to Gaming Fix, no, episode one hundred and twenty-six. This is Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite lobster fact. <laughs> uh, no, that's not the start of the podcast. Okay, I was gonna say. Okay. Like, go. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I like. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you want, let's we could take it again, and uh, we'll we'll do it. Okay, for real this time. Hello and welcome to Gaming Fix, episode one hundred and twenty-six on June twentieth, twenty twenty. I am your host. Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite lobster fact. I am joined today by Pat. Hello. Alex. Uh, hi. I like that lobsters hold hands when they're walking under. What? Aww. They do? Some of them do, yeah. Aww. That's cute. And when you look back and there was only one set of lobster <laughs> footprints, that is when <laughs> <laughs> the other lobster had been caught by a fisherman in a cage uh, and allison After peeing on his partner's face <laughs> whoa whoa oh. okay. hey hey where, where do i even go from that just google how lobsters communicate oh. it's right there i it's don't think science. i will it's not it's there's no visuals allison what are you thinking about yeah. hmm? what do you oh, think about bug snacks oh, hell yeah. yeah me too hell yeah bug always snacks. Uh, a quick, just little message. Happy Juneteenth to everybody out there. Uh, we're we're a day late, but you know we Black Lives Matter. And different note, a lot of stuff in various industries, wrestling, which we've talked about at length on this podcast in the past. Games, uh, entertainment in general, lots of abuse, uh, being abusers being outed and revealed. And we stand with the men and women and uh, everyone who uh, who has come out to uh, share their stories and put these people in the spotlight uh, so they can be held accountable for their actions. Fuck them. Not the people sharing their stories, the bad people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But with that, we we're gonna we're gonna get into our. Our, our our talks about about the games. What what happened this week? There's, no, what, no, there's but, I but, mean, there's going to be a lot of EA news to talk about, right? Oh no, yeah, let's let's let's. Oh, start. everybody so, wants to talk about that. Hell yeah. Wait, so before that, Pat, we're what? past June fifteenth. I noticed. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Well, you're yes. you're out. I checked. You you're owe, I checked this morning to just to double check and make sure you owe but, Alex yeah. Arona a launch PS five. I don't think that's a deal I made. <laughs> uh, to those listening and have no idea what we're talking about, the culling is still alive. Pat's oh, yeah. Origins is still alive on Xbox One. I don't know. Is it fair to say it's alive, or is it more like well, it has like they, a fungal, they a changed fungal it. disease that took away its 
agency or something. They changed it to it's not one play a day, it's ten plays a day. So I don't even know what oh, the point of their okay. microtransaction is. Like who's playing ten battle royales a day? I, I got know. I got I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that people aren't playing one battle royale a day. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. With the calling. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh, so uh one one falls. We'll see who remains. Uh what do we who do we got here? We got Allison says mid August. Next coming up next is Alex with July first. So that's yep. only like uh two weeks away, barely. And I said end of summer. So we'll see. But in the meantime, I mean you brought up EA. You you brought this on yourself, Pat. What did EA <laughs> What did EA bring to the table this week? Their, EA Play Live, their big E3, typical E3 event, but brought into the world of social distancing and uh, COVID-19. What did it they sucked. share with the world? New, next sucked. gen? They shared, they shared Greg Miller with the world, which, you know, I like Greg Miller. Are you sure you didn't watch the Gorilla Collective? It's <laughs> no, like a I kind of funny, like, stream talkover thing. Uh, from what is I, that I when they have a person in a gorilla suit dance for uh, the latest Just Dance game? Yeah, yeah. They oh, they scrapped the we... panda and they put out. Well, no, because I mean Ubisoft oh. does uh, Just Dance. So oh, that's Ubisoft. Never mind. EA is competing with the panda, and they put a gorilla in a suit. EA yeah. isn't competing with but, anyone right now. But it's, it's, <laughs> let's get that point across. Uh, they're competing. EA is competing with itself. They're competing. <laughs> I guess they're not even competing with Activision on like skate because that's no. that's the only. I guess there are two notable things. They're competing. I guess Warzone and Apex Legends are technically within the same genre and owned but, by the same company. <laughs> Wait, okay, no, Activision. I'm, like, I'm thinking of Battlefield. Yeah, yeah. I don't even. Yeah. What What is EA? What does EA do? anymore what does actually do anymore like madam like i i'm looking at the biggest news from this ea play like because i didn't watch it at all man nothing really happened in this anything show. they showed like, they showed gameplay of well they talked about star wars squadrons for like yeah five minutes in an interview about how the the, the team at ea motive are huge star wars fans yep and then they mm. showed really cool looking gameplay that didn't include any fucking b-wings and then they came out and said that it's not a service game, so it's not going to have stuff added to it. Were there and, which means there's probably never going to be a fucking and you B-wing. shoot a grappling hook at the ATAT's foot and you. No, yeah, it's not that man. kind of game. If and only. That's okay. what, the, what the fuck? The, man, there's no Dash friend. Rendar, as far as I can tell. And see that? I mean, real talk. The reason I'm is I there any excited, Dexter Jetster? Because if not, no. I'm not interested. The main reason I was excited about Squadrons was the notion of. I mean, I'm still excited for it. I will play it, but. I was excited for the idea of like as someone who plays uh, who who has played a lot of the X-Wing tabletop game which I've talked about briefly here before the idea of like okay well they're going to launch with like probably like 15 ships in the game and then over time they can add like maybe they'll add a scum and Dillany factions you can play as the like the the like non-empire non-rebel ships and they'll have like it, it could be really cool like they could expand on this for a really long time cuz there's mm-hmm. Dozens and dozens of Star Wars ships, and then they came There's out. There's a lot like, of good ones. They were like, no, it's a complete game out of the box, which, great. But, like, so that means people are going to play it for two weeks, mine out all the content, and then it's going to die. Uh, <laughs> which sucks. Uh, unless it's Especially like, for a game that's, like, uh, multiplayer, such so multiplayer-focused. Yeah. Like, I feel like EA is taking the comments people have made and are like, okay, let's take it to... A, totally. another extreme and going like not 
you know, this is not what we meant. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, otherwise, they, they like, said they're going to make another skate. Yeah. Yeah. Which I haven't seen anybody talking about this angle on that, but they used the language... You literally commented this into existence, which oh, I think boy. is I have, not a good thing to say out loud. I have no. seen some people comment on that exact thing, uh, how it's just going to enable yes. the worst parts of that. Absolutely. Of gaming to just her. I mean, between that endlessly and bully and pester and harass developers to do what they want. Yeah. Ugh. Between that and. Uh, Snyder cut coming into existence. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's like, like a perfect storm. Perfect storm of like 2020. Is <laughs> yeah. I mean, otherwise they showed like the, the, a couple of EA originals that look cool. The way out team is doing a game that looks, I mean, interesting. I don't know. It, it looks like a action platformer that is basically like inside out, but, an action platformer. Um, but, and then I forget the name of the other studio, but, the Faye studio. But the, 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 the thing about that was they had like a straight up, just five to 10 minute Joseph Ferez interview before that yeah. about Joseph Ferez. And it was so, yeah, it, was so it was so Not weird. A, yeah. And, and, and like they had this wonderful <laughs> Sims for like the Sims presentation. Oh, yeah. That was like all of these marginalized groups, um, people of color, uh, uh, disabled gamers, like talking about the Sims Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, which you still, it's, imp- I always think it's important to note, um, cause, uh, cause our friend Chris Edgerton reminds me all the time. There's still a lot of disabilities that are not represented in the Sims. So I think it's great that they're expand, they continue to expand that, but it's mm-hmm. I think important to remind them that they should, they have more work to do, but, um, it was this great diversity presentation that felt earnest and not like pandering, but then they didn't have any announcements for the Sim. Like there was no. It was a beautiful little like four minute video, but they had, n- I mean, there was nothing uh, but <laughs> at the all. Sims 4 is going to Steam, so like, early, that was their announcement. Isn't that, isn't that the biggest announcement that you could have? No. I mean, anyone honestly, who compared to, to the other the stuff Sims, they showed. Anyone who wants to play The Sims is playing the fucking Sims. Like, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't know. It was, it was that, that stuff was disappointing and like, that Rocket Arena game does not. Oh my no god! To, the, to that team, but it looks very generic and not like that something I'm ever going to. Looks play. like something Ubisoft would put out. Totally, yeah. Um, <laughs> like that looks like the kind of like what shoot mania or the, yeah, or uh, just like one of the, like the weird like middle of the show things where you're just like, oh okay, I guess sure we're doing this. Which is definitely what it was here too, except there was nothing after it and nothing before it's, it. It's also been <laughs> kicking around for a while, but yeah, yeah. it's not an announcement. Know. It's an announcement that they're publishing it, but uh, yeah. but it was going to be published by Nexon before. So yeah, I don't know. Like that event sucked, and, I, and no offense to the people that were on it. Greg did a good job hosting it. All of the people who spoke on it were, you know, like eloquent and had it's, good presentations. But it's I don't just understand. a matter of why do they need to it take an hour a, to do this video? Presentation. Yeah, it was a waste of time. Yeah, it was like, it yeah, was, is the idea like, okay, we already were planning this for E3. E3 is not happening. Uh, therefore, because it's like, I, I can imagine that if E3 was still going that they couldn't, they wouldn't go, well, we can't, they would go, well, we just can't have, uh, 
what am I even trying to say? Oh, well, we can't not have uh, yeah, I know. a they, booth. They like, you know, can they because they're not on the E3 floor. They do their own thing at like right. a different venue. So. Yeah. Right. But I mean, they'd say that they're like, oh, well, we have to do this in conjunction with the whole E3 thing. But you know, there's they, no E3 have, and they didn't have to do anything. But, right. And they yeah. did. But like, this is worse than nothing. Yeah, right. Exactly. It kind of is. Yeah. But I mean, I can, I can see that like, they might have been preparing something because they're like, okay, we need to do a thing. And then E3 got canceled and everything got canceled. They're like, well, we already put. If this, like, we, if this is like, what they had for E3 it, or like, you know, that time period, like. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't, what I are mean, they? Maybe that is what they had for E3. Like, Thoughts and prayers yeah. for EA then. Probably. Aside, I mean, it's, it's becoming more and more clear that like clearly the thing keeping EA in business is that they have sports games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're not putting anything. I mean, have they released anything this year? Uh, let's find out. Uh, they put out Fallen Order at the end of last year. Yeah. Either way, I would say well, about they that keep event. canceling all their Star Wars games and they keep trying to that's make so I mean. many of them. And they're like, no, but you that's know, kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> and they talked about like, you know, I think dice does incredible work, but the, 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 the stuff I was hearing is that like, whatever their next game is, isn't coming, isn't even going to be announced until next year. Yeah. And they're done working on battlefield five and uh, battlefront two. They're still doing like technical patches, but like those games are in maintenance mode now. Like they don't have anything for like next gen, which is no, I mean, that's what I'm saying is I just don't understand, but they had nothing to say about Anthem or what Bioware is working on. And again, I don't want people, I don't want teams. I think it's better to have no information and get games less frequently so that people's have better lives for sure. Yeah. I'm not advocating for like crunch or anything, but at the same time, like then don't have the show. Yeah. <laughs> if they yeah. had tweeted, Hey, we don't have much coming out the rest of this year. Uh, look forward to EA to, I mean, better wording than that, but look forward to, to star Wars squadrons. We'll see you in 2021 for some huge announcements. Yeah. I would have been like, okay, cool. They, great. They could have, they could have done a co-marketing deal with, Sony or Microsoft and totally uh, that could that, have been part of that uh, Microsoft thing uh, last squadrons, month. Squadrons could have been, maybe squadrons was ready, but it could have been a, a part of if the, if there had been a Star Wars game at that Microsoft thing, it would have looked way better too. Yeah. By um, the way, um, uh, EA has uh, only released one thing in uh, 2020 so far, and it's actually two things. Um, Command and Conquer Remastered Collection and uh, the source code also- for Command and Conquer. <laughs> and then they've also released uh, a like the Sims for Eco Lifestyle. I don't know which size of pack it is for oh, the Sims. I believe player, that but- is a game pack. So like it's it's, okay. a sign- it's the big one. I think yeah. Okay. No, it's not oh, a big it's, one. It's the mid Our, one. Oh. It, yeah, it's the mid tier. It's, it's yeah. still got a lot of like gameplay mechanic stuff though. So. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. We we can look forward to Madden Twenty One later in the year. Rocket Arena. Yeah, next, looking forward month. to. Yeah. But but like yeah, I mean they've that that's that's those two things are the extent to which they've published in 2020. Madden which, might be the only football this year, so. But we'll see. And I mean, like I mean, like Madden is gonna do great. Like I mean, there's no there's no question. But I mean, like last year they had. Uh, Apex Legends um, starting the mm-hmm. year, and then they also had Anthem. So. Well, yeah, well, but at least Anthem was supposed to have been 
good. Like it was a <laughs> still a big release, you know. It was a big. Re- it was like they were aiming for, for something. Holiday. Yeah. Or and so it was just. It's just weird. This year seems weird that they just don't have any. They didn't even have a Sims expansion pack to announce. Like. Yeah, well, they just yeah. put one out. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. I they, mean, but they've, they've got a, a lot event. of expansion packs for The Sims. Yeah, they put expansion packs out every few months. It seems like. Yeah, and they didn't even have the next so thing I think, to announce for those. So. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't keep up with The Sims, but speaking. Oh, of, you're right. The eco lifestyle is a big is a big what's wrong. So that, that makes a little bit more sense. Um, I thought it was a game pack, but uh, suck it, damn. Suck my eco that. lifestyle. I play like I play like around twenty to thirty hours of The Sims per year, usually in a fugue state over one weekend. <laughs> but um, the the I like to keep up with the expansion pack so that when those weekends come, I'm not looking at like eighty dollars to huge to get purchase. Current. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no God, I I think I saw somebody uh, look at everything that's uh, for The Sims for on Steam right now, and it's like, oh my God, that. That, if you want to get everything now, it is. They they my, know how to make money with that game. My tip is you don't need to get everything. No. Did you know there's a speedrun category for <laughs> Sims 4, which is have a baby as fast as possible and uh, have a baby and then have it taken away by child protective services as fast as possible? <laughs> God, the Sims community fucking rules. <laughs> Yeah, they come up with so many interesting ways to to manipulate and, and yeah, do shit in that game. Uh, you just have to uh, make the person sleep a lot uh, when they have the baby, and then eventually, Child Protective Services takes it away, and that's that's time. <laughs> but I, yeah, I only buy the expansion packs. the The, the lower tier stuff, mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, I only buy those if they look really interesting. If you want to get all DLC for the Sims for on Steam. Most of it's on sale right now. Oh like boy. most of it's thirty percent off. Uh, Five hundred and eighteen dollars. Oh <laughs> so, well, I put out know. stuff every month. So. Well, they've got like I mean there are there is quite a bit of content for this. Like yeah, it's definitely not designed as a thing where you go in for five hundred and eighteen dollars. Yeah, to, yeah, you're and to I can pick and choose stuff as you find it interesting. Yeah, like like for like for me, if I was if I if I was really into The Sims, I'd be like. Okay, I want to get this like this set about movie stuff, and I want to get this set about I don't know, yeah, other stuff. But well, uh, speaking of things that are on Steam, the Summer Game Festival is going on on Steam, and there's like nine hundred game demos or something available. Like some un undecipherable amount where you'd you'd be uh, hard pressed to play everything and like no one wants to play everything because you know they're not everyone likes every game but there's just so much it's hard to like go through and pick out what to play we uh we went through and we picked some games we're gonna we're gonna talk about them but uh, this is by no means all there is so head over to steam and check Check some stuff out. There's big games, small games. Uh, I already am fairly patient, so like, I I don't really need to see stuff pre-release. I like announcements, but like, previews don't hit for me. So, looking at that list was like, this is a lot of stuff. 
And it's a lot. Not much here that I actually want to engage with until it's out anyway. And yeah, it's weird. And then there were like games that were like releasing that they were tying to it from a marketing perspective, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It's a weird. It's a weird event. It's cool, but it's weird. Yes. Uh, I would say I, it's an excellent event because it gets eyes on indies who otherwise would not have somewhere to sh- get yeah. eyes shown See, on that's them. That's what I was gonna say. Is <laughs> like I. I, I'm glad that they're that Steam is like here. Let's show off a lot of cool indie games that are coming to the, uh, the platform. Yeah, and they're yeah, also be- interviewing a lot of those indie creators mm-hmm. with like in, in a really cool way. So even if like your people aren't watching those interviews all the time, they're at least archiving them. So uh, yeah. they exist in perpetuity, yeah. and then like you know that's just ways for those developers to further kind of get their name out there, which yeah. I think is really valuable. I wonder. I saw a couple devs saying they're not seeing the wish lists really move at all based on this, and I wonder if so that's just many. That's what that I'm, is also, that's kind of yeah. what I'm seeing is that the problem is the discoverability is so bad, and it's, it's such hard. a deluge. This isn't meant as a, a knock against any of those games because I'm sure individually they all are doing unique and different and cool things. But when you look at it, it is pages and pages of. Very pretty, but like very like pixel art and lots of um like kind of hand drawn art. It's very hard to get a read on what on different. It's very hard to differentiate the games, and it's and and it's it's like if I saw any one of those games pop up in my Steam queue, I would go, "Oh, this looks cool." But when you put all of them side by side, it's like just sort of a like refrigerator of stuff, and it's it's hard to parse for me. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people. Yeah, I um, mean. Like when we when we talked about getting doing this, where we 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 um, before the show we wanted to um, all kind of take a look at this and maybe play some demos for it, uh, which is uh, which is cool. But then uh, I know that I definitely had some difficulty uh, look finding stuff. Like I, I the thing that was nice is that it it it, me, it um, automatically said, "Hey, here's everything that you've wish listed for the future." That has a demo, but uh, unless you've like wishlisted a bunch of indie games that are not out but are coming out, then you know that's not exactly helpful. And yeah. and there, I was, I was just trying to look through all of these. Like they have big categories, but I know that I'm not seeing everything. It's it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah, the UI for discovery on that is really bad. Um, yeah. yeah, one of the things that I noticed was I originally was looking at it from my browser and was not logged in on my browser and I was like, oh, it's recommending these for you. And I'm like, oh, oh wait, I'm not logged in. So, And I logged into my account and it was the exact same thing. So Yeah. And like when I was in the store interface, uh, like I opened up Steam and it said Summer Games Fest now at the top. And then I clicked into it, and then I clicked away for some reason. And then when I went back to the store page to try to get back to the Summer Games Festival, it just was gone from the page. And this was one of the first few days, and they fixed it eventually, and now it's yeah. got like a permanent little banner. But it's like, why? It, it just doesn't seem like it was super well thought out. Um, and it's kind of frustrating, specifically because I would love to see those indies highlighted, but it almost seems like it would have been more effective if they had said, hey, this is two weeks long, we're going to feature a different game every day or something like that. Um, and or like just, I don't know. Honestly, this something. feels like a very steam way to do it though, where it's like yeah. no curation. Let's just throw a bunch of stuff <laughs> yeah. in there. 
Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it's helping. I, yeah. Hopefully, what I saw of wish lists not being moving that much is anecdotal and not something that's true across the board. Uh, hopefully, if if we uh, can talk about some of the things that we enjoyed, we can yeah. you know yeah help yeah oh, promote some of them. Part of the issue is the way they do curate is they do the classic themes like here's what's people want to play here's the most wish listed stuff so that's going to drive it up trending now playing now so things that are already popular are going to get popular whereas like things that are three pages deep on like you know on a uh specific genre like tier a uh, specific genre go like three pages that stuff's probably not gonna rise to the top so yeah. it's not gonna see those uh, benefits but i don't know what the solution to that is so it's it's hard i don't know i mean it's i feel like it's a really difficult thing to figure out especially if if you want to do like okay we want to highlight any indie game that wants to be highlighted but also like you know still make it accessible or like this this make discoverability they're good. not all indie games either like what is it oh no uh the, the destroy all humans like yeah. the remaster or remake is on here yeah uh, I, I mean most of them are indie yeah yeah the, mo- the mostly techni- but not all the two that i played are technically not indie games so at all damn it pat you uh, had one job <laughs> i mean again i looked at the 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 list of like i scrolled through the entire list of what was available and the, it was my eyes just glazed over oh yeah so, like the 100%. two that i played were games that i already had i knew about and like was already anticipating yeah. so i was like sure i'll try a demo for those because i knew i wanted to play them but it was just very frustrating to like scroll through that list and like i could have just started trying to play every single one but it was a time thing of like, well, I have a few hours to check out some of these demos and it's, I can't even parse what I might want to play. Well, in that case, what did you end up playing Pat? So the first thing I checked out was, um, the new, a new game from obsidian that is smaller, if not indie, um, being from obsidian called grounded. Um, this was announced, I want to say last E3, um, in 2019. Uh, and it was initially pitched as like a small survival experience, which is still kind of the case, but um, small pun intended, because the idea is that you are shrunk down to being about the size of an ant. Honey, I shrunk the kids. And yeah, totally. Or honey, we that. shrunk ourselves or whatever. Uh, oh, but, but you're also game. tiny. You're little. You're, you're, right. you're literally like the ants are like as big as wolves to you. Um and uh, so I was mostly curious to see how Obsidian did something so outside of their typical style. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much. I'm not. Survival games are a genre that I always have wanted to like, but every time I play one of them, it always feels, aside from like Minecraft, um, like every time I've tried to play like Ark or there's a Conan survival game. They're cool with what I see people being able to do eventually, but then I spawn on a beach with uh, my bare hands and you either punch a tree or with a loincloth, and I punch a tree, and it feels very janky and not like you can't really enjoy them single player. And I bounce off real quick. So grounded um, was interesting to me because 
given the level of polish that obsidian games tend to have, I was kind of like, I mean, they can be janky too, but, but like from, even from just like a UI perspective and stuff, um, I was curious and I wasn't disappointed. It's the, the demo that they have is a 30 minute, uh, timed demo, but it's fairly, you're fairly free within that 30 minutes to do whatever. And, uh, it definitely feels like you can play a co-op too, but it feels like one of those games, but designed with someone like me in mind, um, because it has a really, really slick UI that reminded me of uh, the Outer Worlds a fair bit. Uh, the good parts of the Outer Worlds is UI. Um, and it has like a really cool, when you go to your crafting menu and you go to, like, let's say you want to make um, a workbench. It'll have like four materials you need and you can click each of the materials and it takes you to an encyclopedia entry that's like, oh, this is a thing that this is, you need sap and sap naturally pools on branches and tree roots. So then you kind of set off and look for branches and tree roots um, to pull sap off of. Uh, So it's really cool from that perspective. And it seems like the base building stuff is pretty optional. You can get invested in that if you want, or you can just play it as more of an exploration thing where you're just crafting stuff to kind of make yourself more viable from a survival and combat perspective. There are lots of, the one thing that was a little frustrating is that like I would walk like 10 feet and then get attacked by an ant. And then I would walk another 10 feet and get attacked by an ant. And uh, true to life, I guess not 10 feet. It would be more like, like 10 centimeters. Uh, and, and, um, you just like constant, there was just enemies constantly and they were pretty vicious. So that was a little bit frustrating, but it seems cool. You get objectives too, like, quest objectives to like go check out this weird machine that you found and stuff and you're getting you you're like walking inside of a soda can and it you can you're it's weird to walk inside of a soda can um you're there's there's one machine that you find and you kind of walk in you go inside of it and you're like the size you're small enough size you can like walk around the circuit board and stuff um and that that's a neat feeling so i i would say you know check out the demo if you can and if it, it'll be on Game Pass, so I wouldn't be excited to spend $40 on this thing right now, but I'll definitely play it, given that it'll be on Game Pass, uh, because uh, it, it was fun. Um, and then the other thing I checked out, which is a briefer thing, is there's a, there's a real-time strategy game uh, called Iron Harvest that has a demo in the game, Summer Games Fest. Um, Iron Harvest is a game I've kind of been following for, like, five years. I think I want to say um, it was initially it is based on the same art and world as the board game Scythe, which mm. is a phenomenal board game. One of my favorites ever. Um, the, the, the world is kind of the idea is like it's post world war one kind of in between world war one and world war two. It's set in Europe and everybody has big like mechs. Um, stylized for the time. It's kind of like if Iron Brigade slash Trenched were serious and instead of goofy, cool comic book art, it was beautiful watercolory paintings. Um, and uh, then the other wrinkle is like the there are it has kind of a like golden compass thing where the there are characters who have like bonds with animals. Um, can so I put up middle fingers? Like, 
<laughs> no. <laughs> How dare you invoke trenched it, and not it, let me put on middle it, fingers? It has uh, it has these like animals, animal companions for some of the like hero characters. Uh, and the board game's great. The art's beautiful, and the the art this RTS has the same um, exists in the same world, same factions, same concepts. Um, and uh, in practice, it's really going for a company of heroes thing. That's ba- like very clearly the direct inspiration. It is almost you could almost say it is company of heroes with mechs instead of tanks, um, which is appealing to me because I like company of heroes quite a bit. Uh, I enjoyed. I played a skirmish of this. The demo just has skirmish games. Um, I played a skirmish and really liked it. Um, it has. It's not as good as Company of Heroes. It doesn't quite have the the, the cover system is a little less dynamic, and um, it seems harder because they the resources are not as they're a little more complex. I liked it though and was excited coming away from it to at least play the campaign. But then I checked in on like what the community was saying, and the community seems like is basically like I can't believe we waited this long for this, and has been is pretty harsh on it. Um, I only played one game, so I don't know. They're asking $50 for it when it comes out, which is definitely like AAA PC pricing. Um, and it is published by Focus Home Interactive, so it's kind of got a little bit of money behind it, although it was crowdfunded initially. Um, so I don't know. Keep your eye on it. It's definitely, I don't know if it's one to pre-purchase, but I wouldn't, I would say that's, there's nothing really that is... <laughs> It warrants that anymore. Worth so. checking out if you're a fan of RTS and that and I, kind of uh, like war. War. Yeah, aesthetic. I think the art is is really the art and aesthetics is really the thing. It doesn't seem like if you're a hardcore RTS fan, I think it's probably going to be pretty thin for you. But as someone who is like a casual RTS fan and likes that world, I'm still pretty interested in it. Um, so, yeah, I mean. If those sound like I would say they're free, just go check them out. But obviously, as I alluded to earlier, so much there. If they're not your thing, they're probably not worth your time. But uh, but still interesting. Sure. Um, All right. Well, next, uh, if Alex's computer will allow him. My my computer's having a rough time. Oh, yeah. He's downloaded too many games from the Summer Game Fest. That's true. So what did you uh what did you play? Um I played a handful of things. I think all of the ones I played I originally heard of from the IOX that we had talked about okay. many times in the past, the indie obscura thing. Um so let's go for well let's just play go with the order I played them in. The first one that I played was uh, a space for the unbound which I was coming this one. Yeah, it was coming from a small Indonesian team. Um they like they were kind of talking about how uh, when they played it, they had a couple things in mind, and those were some other pieces of media. Uh, specifically, they they invoked uh, what's it called Inception, and they also yeah. invoked the Truman Show, which okay. I thought was interesting. Um, huh. So <laughs> uh, the Inception stuff, I, it, it seemed kind of Psychonauts. Uh, with yeah, like you can see, I can see that. Uh, one of the, like the main, I don't know the main like the you're going around and you're helping people solve some problems it, by using the magic red book uh, to dive into their like psyche and help 
soothe their anxiety. Yeah. What do they call it? The space dive? Space dive. Yeah. Um, so this is a side scrolling kind of pixel arty kind of thing, but it's not pixel art in like the kind of overplayed way. It's kind of, it's, it's not it's, 16. It's not, uh, what, like a SNES or like a top down Zelda, right? 16 bit. Think more like super brothers or something like that, where it's like kind of high fidelity pixel art. Um, and it's really nice, really nice animations, pretty beautiful art, like going on all around, uh, good music. Uh, the writing was really charming. Uh, it was pretty whimsical, though there were a few uh, awkward translations here and there, <laughs> which the, is like that's fine. Um, like the English. stuff at the beginning, uh, like the very beginning of the demo, was almost turned me off. I was like, oh god, I don't know. Uh, but then once it once like it becomes clear what's going on, I was like, okay, I can I can let it go. Yeah. Yeah, so like you will get a few awkward translations and like some awkward English, but like it's not their first language, and it's also, I don't think it's gone through all its QA yeah. passes, so that's fine. Yeah, I, I if it, th- that stuff, it wasn't even like the translation or anything. It was just the oh, that tone just that part is the, j- the the first five minutes of that game are extraordinarily cheesy, but I think it's also yeah. self aware in that cheesiness for a reason that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, either way. Like I think it was really interesting. I don't think it was mechanically interesting. It's basically a glorified point and click adventure, and then you're yeah. kind of moving a character around and like doing stuff. But like, um, I, I'm interested in the kind of concepts that they're going for and where they take it because it seems like they could approach stuff in a really interesting way. And like the cliffhanger that it has at the very end was intriguing because it's like, wait, what? What's happening? Yeah. So. Uh, it, yeah. I'm. Look, I would play this. Yeah. Looking at this, it's what what you're describing sounds like something that's a lot more interesting. And this is not at all like being critical of the game itself because the art is really beautiful. But like the lead text on the Steam page is a slice of life adventure game with beautiful Pixar art set in the late '90s rural Indo- Indonesia that tells a story about overcoming anxiety, depression, and a relationship between a boy and a girl with supernatural powers, which is like it's not that it's poorly written but like i aside from the part that it's set in indonesia which is the thing that would make me go oh that's interesting i should look at this more but if you pulled that part out i would basically go like so it's a it's a indie adventure game then like it it feels like it needs more to to like to draw you in and explain like hey what's interesting about this i guess to me, because it's it's it looks like a lot of the 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 copy on the Steam page is just very like. There's a lot of games that do that that lean on these things, um, so hopefully they they like also help to bring out that personality a, a bit, I guess, beyond just the art, because um, the art's really pretty for sure, but you don't really get a sense for like the writing and stuff from the Steam page. I don't think you need to. I mean, it would be nice if they did, but I, I mean, if you want to sell it and get people to play it, yeah, I would absolutely click next in queue if I saw this page come up. To be brutally honest, like it's very pretty, but it's it's very going for a thing that so many games go for. And I'm bring it up mainly because it's like this got super lost in the sea of all the other stuff in this festival to me. Um, so. It's a general frustration I have with Steam pages in general, not this game's fault. But it, I just wish it had more 
explanation because what you're saying sounds a lot more interesting than what it's saying on the description, I guess. And I think that's kind of why I liked, well, again, the IOX, which we've talked about several times at this point, is the fact that they gave like, you know, five to 10 minute discrete chunks interviews with the developers and also yeah. showing those games, which was an opportunity to let the game speak for themselves, but also let the developers speak for where they're coming from. Totally. Which I think is great. And it's kind of what Steam's going for with the the kind of interviews that they're doing. But yeah. but it comes back to this festival is just so inundated. <laughs> like yeah, that, that's really what I'm getting it, at. It's the reason you have the PAX ten, not the PAX ten thousand. And it's mm-hmm. almost I would almost be willing to bet money that it's the developers are not the ones writing this Steam page um, because they're working on the game. A lot of times with these games, there's, um, and it's not all the time, but um, it's been an interesting topic to me, so I've been reading about it more. But they'll like contract with a copywriter to and give them a brief, and then the copywriter writes the copy for the Steam page. But like, it's a copywriter who's there to like write marketing copy, and it's not always the best showing of what the games are and it leads to like these issues of discoverability and 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 standing out um cuz it's usually done by consultants who are just trying to do a job too who like write a hundred of these a day uh for various different kinds of products and stuff so um definitely not a knock on the developers at all because they're busy working on their game and like you said that you know English isn't their first language so i'm sure that this was written by someone that they're working with to market their game. Um, and that inundation just makes it feel like this is a cool thing. And I'm glad you brought it up because now I'll pay attention to it <laughs> and wishlist it and stuff. But I probably wouldn't have without having IOX or you to talk about it with. Yeah, that's fair. Um, another game, also from an Indonesian developer, uh, was When the Past Was Around, which. Is this one is more of a traditional kind of point and click adventure? Um, it's actually put out by the same studio as A Space for the Unbound. Uh, they're both by a studio called Mojiken. Uh, okay, but different artist. The artist that did this one is Brigida Reina. She's made a couple of games in the past, and I've actually enjoyed them. Uh, so that's what kind of pulled me into this one. And as you would expect from having followed an artist, the art in it is extremely beautiful. Like it's really, really, really fascinating. And in motion, it looks fantastic. Um, this one is way more of a classic style point and click adventure where you're actually just like in a room, moving around, interacting with things, getting stuff in your inventory, combining them and like, you know, using them in different ways to actually complete a puzzle. Um, but it's also kind of telling a really Interesting kind of abstract story in a way. This I guess. is an owl with a violin. Yep, that is a part of it. Um, it's a man. It's a man in a suit, but his head is an owl. <laughs> um, what I mean, okay. So let's say you've got. At what point does a man go from a man to an owl? Like what body part? How much if your of the head body is fully an owl? Can you not? Be said to be an owl, but it's it's a it's a mask, right? It's not a, mm. or is it? Is it? It is. It is not. It does not appear to be a mask. Oh well, then he's an owl man. That's a very simple answer. You can be half man, half owl. <laughs> okay. Well, at what point is he? This isn't important. I'm just you know. 
I would say it's very important, but it's also I'll also let Alex finish his thoughts on this game. <laughs> it, um, the ambiguity it, it uses to tell the story is actually really intriguing because uh, I, I find it really similar to Florence, which I really love. Florence. That's, that's definitely the thing that it that it. But, one of the things that reminded me of. Yeah, but I would not say it like cribs from Florence like it's not like trying to be Florence oh sure uh, like at all but it just kind of has that same similar vibe where mm-hmm. like like Florence there was a little bit of dialogue here and there like you get the dialogue with the mom and stuff like that but um and you know the text messages and the arguments and all that blah 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 but this one there is no real dialogue um the dialogue ends up kind of being music like your owl buddies playing violin and stuff like that and you're watching your characters reactions to that which is really interesting, and it has this whimsy to it, which is really awesome. <laughs> uh, it seems like it is telling a story, and the story that it's going for is really interesting, and seems like somewhat personal and just fascinating. And yeah, yeah I'm when I finished the last puzzle of the demo because it's basically just showing you the prologue. Uh, mm. I was I was very much like, yeah, I would play a full game of this because it's okay. wonderful. It's really, really, yeah. really good. The screenshots and some of the puzzles that shows on the Steam page make me think of Goragoa. That's actually mm-hmm. a good. That's a good touch point too. Yeah, and they also, I wonder sorry. if this will come to mobile devices because it looks like it would work on there. I think it would work on there. I don't know if it will, but like it definitely, yeah. it would work as far as I'm concerned. It also reminds me of um, a really spectacular series of horror games called Rusty Lake. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, that uh, from a from an art perspective, this obviously does not look like horror. But from an art perspective <laughs> and like um, puzzle design perspective, those games it looks very similar to those games. Uh, not in, again, not in a like derivative way, but in uh, the sense that I find that stuff to be really fun and interesting. Um, and if you like the look, you should totally check out Rusty Lake because they're like horror, those are good they're, games. They're horror, but they're like psychological and weird. They're and they have a very similar art style to this. They're not like super gross out. Bloody disgusting horror. It's more like weird stuff. <laughs> well, okay. When but, the past goes so around, you have an, not, what, not what if you have an owl, but it has the head of a man? Is that a man or is it an owl? Because if you said it's a man, but his head is an owl, that's an owl. But like, huh. at what point does the owl become a man? Do you think that he has um, <laughs> uh, that he has feathers on the front of his wings that make him silent as he descends on his prey? Oh, jeez. I'm not touching that. I'm one. just. I'm just saying. If you've got, <laughs> I don't think you got an owl. Ask. You got an owl, and the, but then you replace its head with a human head, and it's like it's sentient. It can speak. It's intelligent, but it's an owl body. Is that an owl or is it a man? It's an owl man, or is it a man, <laughs> man owl? owl? You've played Dungeons and Dragons. You can do. It's it's a man owl owl man. I tend to think my feeling is if the head is the animal. Then it's a then you say the animal first. So if it's like got if it's like the head of an owl, body of a man, you'd say an owl man. Okay. Um, so a centaur is like an horse man. Top. It's a man horse. Right. Yeah. Reading from the top <laughs> down, and man horse sounds weird. So that's why we came up with another word for it, which is centaur. Uh, but like, that's why like, I guess man spider. He does kind of have a spidery head. But what still. <laughs> They just called him Man Spider because Spider Man already existed. Yeah. 
Yeah, you should play when the path goes around. Spider. <laughs> yeah, no, this looks really good. Because <laughs> like owl bears have owl heads and bear bodies. Okay. Uh, it's the important questions here being raised by when the past was around. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they had to know this is what they were going to, this you, was the dialogue they were going to create. Do you think the game will answer these questions for me, Alex? Um, I'm going to give you a strong definitive absolutely, and you should play it to find out. Okay. <laughs> we'll do coming soon, 2020. Uh, <laughs> we'll add to the wish list. Yep. And then the last one I played. Um, which I just finished last night. It's actually a pretty generous demo. It was probably about an hour. Um, it's She Dreams Elsewhere. Uh, I don't know. Have any of you, heard, you guys heard of this one before? This yeah, I had heard looks of this like one. some Undertale shit right here. It's <laughs> like got in a some, weird way. It's got some Undertale vibes. That's actually um, something that had kind of come to mind when I was playing it, but it's not going for that kind of uh, subversion that Undertale does. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, mm. It's just kind of a similar style. This one seems much more um, I don't want to say rooted in reality because like parts of it are very not, but like it's not as fantastical as uh, Steam page says surreal. It is surreal. Um, Aesthetically, it looks really surreal, but yeah, um, yeah, it's really interesting though because it's basically how to how to describe it. Um, you're going through this girl's dreams, uh, and her dreams sometimes are good, and sometimes they're pleasant, and sometimes they're like just total nightmares. Uh, and it's not explicitly called out in the demo, but if you read the Steam page, it's not a spoiler to say uh, that this girl is comatose. So you're going through her comatose mind, and it seems like she's kind of just kind of coping with the fact that she's comatose and going through parts of her life that she once recognized or like uh, enjoyed or struggled with and things of that nature. Um, and it's really interesting. It's created by a fellow named uh, Davion Gooden, uh, who's made some really interesting stuff, not always games. Um, and it tackles a lot of subjects. Like it goes for mental health, it goes for like identity, and like it's got a lot of black culture in there, um, and black identity and kind of stuff. And the mental health stuff I think was actually tackled really well. Like there's a part where your character is invited to a party and she's like, I don't really want to go, but I probably should because, you know, it's good to be social. It's good to be around humans, blah, blah, blah. So she forces herself to go and then she goes. And then the whole time her kind of inner dialogue is like, oh, nobody here likes me. This is awkward. Why am I still here? Like, it's like really overthinking. And then she actually has like a panic attack, and it is maybe the most realist kind of depiction of social anxiety I've seen in a game, where uh, like your inner dialogue suddenly just becomes very aggressive towards you, uh, and basically you're forced to step away from the group and like step into the bathroom and calm yourself down, and it's really interesting. Um, I think it's good. Um, the Gameplay part of it is very much like a turn-based RPG. Uh, like you're going through, you're running in, into a dungeon. Essentially, you're running into enemies like that appear on the overworld, and you hit them. And then, yeah, you're in a turn-based RPG. You're attacking. You're using 
quote unquote spells like uh, you're building up limit breaks and which give you like big old attacks like that's actually kind of your your anger and anxiety and stuff that builds up and you to eventually just release it on the enemy and it hits all the enemies on screen it's it's good it's really interesting I think I'll end up playing the full game when it comes out uh, I don't know when that will be uh, from from what I understand, he started it as like a senior project, like out of school or something, many years ago. He's like, oh, this will only take me a year. Five years later, he's still working on it. So um, who knows when it'll come out? But I'm glad the demo came out because it is worth experiencing. I think. But that set the development of the game back another three years. So yeah. So we'll see this way post-apocalypse as the current rate of things are going. All right, nice. Uh, that one I I put on my wish list because I'm really digging the art and the the aesthetic of the whole thing is just really cool. I I uh, I'm very excited to hear people talk about that game. I don't know if it's Undertale never hit with me from a gameplay perspective, but this game looks super cool and uh and and like something that I want to hear more about. Yeah, and I would say like. I don't know if I would put any Undertale in there, honestly. Like, yeah. other than like some of the art, like it, just like aesthetically. Like, I mean, it looks like you know how like similarly to Undertale, they both are inspired by like Earthbound. So sure, yeah, I can see that. Like, like especially with the like, um, what what looks like the when you get into combat or the battles, um, kind of has that similar. Like yeah, it's not like vibe. the DDR thing of yeah. uh, sure. Undertale, Earthbound, but I should say I'm not really an Earthbound fan. Um, like that style of game doesn't really isn't something I get super into. But mm-hmm. I also think they're really cool and love hearing about them from people who are really into them because it's always really enjoyable to hear people talk about them. All right. Well, next up then is you, Allison. I know you've hey. been thinking about bug snacks this whole time. Thinking but we need about to pull bug you snacks. Back. <laughs> there had been a, I, I woke up this morning laying in oh. bed. I'm not even I'm 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 I'd already hope. growing tired of like uh and, and this is in no way a subtweet because I enjoyed seeing it from you, Allison. Trust me. But I already am starting to grow tired of like I see lots of game people who are like bug snacks, that's the tweet. And I'm kinda like, okay, we all need to do that once, I guess. <laughs> but I still woke up this morning thinking, man, what if there was a Bug Snacks demo in that Steam? You know, I was oh, thinking man. about that. Like, I was definitely thinking about that while you we were talking about, about demos. Snacks. I was like, I was thinking about Bug Snacks. Thinking I, about Bug Snacks. There's nothing wrong with thinking about Bug Snacks. I have a like that was my most recent tweet is just thinking about Bug Snacks. Yeah. But I enjoyed but, it because we're friends. When I saw that you were thinking about Bug Snacks, <laughs> and then you were like, I, get, the, get a load of hot dog hands. I a really lot of hot dog hands. fingers. I really love. So if you guys haven't seen. That uh, like IGN ran a story is like uh, the developers of Bug Snacks finally reveal what the game is about, and one of the developers just responded, "Ha ha ha! No, we did not. <laughs> we have not yet begun to reveal Bug Snacks." Yeah, um, yeah, uh, but what we were just referring to with Hot Dog Fingers is uh, Jeff Bacalar. Uh, his son uh, watched the trailer and commented on it. And it is extremely good. So if you like, if you like parents exploiting content, their children for social media engagement, 
If you, Again, yeah, but in a good way. <laughs> I would pay into that kid's college fund with a Patreon. Oh, if me too. Jeff, if Jeff showed him like a trailer every week or two <laughs> yeah, and posted be. it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like that content is like. That is Hopefully good he won't need a college fund, eh, but you know. Eh. <laughs> but, uh, we can uh, we can dream of a better world anyway. Anywho, um, <laughs> I played, yeah, I played a couple of demos. <laughs> a crab apple and he's carrying a pine thing. thing. Oh gosh. I, I love everybody going like, I didn't realize it was a pun until now. Yeah. yeah. And I certainly did not. Really, uh, There's a lot to unpack in that trailer. To be There's fair. That game's going to be Viva Pinata, but with weird meat and fruit Hell yeah. animals, right? And that's fucking awesome. So I hope that's what it is. Anyway, anyway sorry, Allison. The games you played in the Summer Games Fest. <laughs> I mean, I wish I played Bug Snacks, so like yeah. I don't mind we all this, do. this, this discussion. Yeah, no, I played a couple games. I actually just downloaded a couple more trailers, uh, not trailers, uh, demos. So I might play some uh, before next week, too. Um, but I played three games as well. Uh, first I played was uh, Skatebird, which um, it's it's a little bit rough, to be honest. But I think that... It, I like the concept so much, and I think that uh, as I played, I definitely was noticing that I improved while playing it, and I really didn't play for that long. So hopefully uh, it it grows and can improve. And It's, it's an alpha. The game's not out till next yeah. year, uh, but it, yeah. the demo is super buggy. It I ha- is. I was doing one of the like missions, I guess, if you want to call it that, where it's like, it was a score challenge. And somehow my skateboard got stuck in the floor geometry. Mm-hmm. And I was able to just like ollie infinitely and like kickflip and then get my score up. So, and there's like a reset button so you can get out of that situation. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's got good personality. Uh, it does. The birds yeah. are very cute. The whole general, you know, environments of it being like these kind of uh, like you're you're bird sized in a in a big room, but you're, yeah, everything's made of staplers like, and yeah, yeah, and that's that's nifty. So it's 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 a game where I feel like I don't know if the um, uh, demo necessarily does it justice or is fully representative. Or it's it's but it's definitely not representative of what I want it to be, which is I'm very I want it to be very good. So I'm I I'm looking forward to this game, but I don't know if I necessarily would recommend playing the demo because I don't think it's quite there yet. Um it, Yeah, it's it's adorable and yeah. it delivers on that. It it has yet to deliver on the skate part of it. Yeah. Of of it, it delivers on the birds for sure. Um <laughs> But <laughs> plenty of birds needs more skate needs more skate. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, but I feel like also like if you watch the trailers or you watch the, like you, you watch existing video content of it, you can kind of un, uh, get the vibe of Skatebird right now um, where it is. So I, I, I have, I have hope for, for that game and I hopefully, you know, um, you know, since it is coming out next year, there's still plenty of time to, uh, for for them to up, uh, update and get get all those bugs out of the way. Yeah, 
the bird can eat the bugs and you know, it'll eat all the be bug good. snacks and I can have weenie hands. <laughs> oh, God. But <laughs> hot dog fingers on a bird. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You should also follow Megan Fox on Twitter. She's the creator. She, oh, she's I, great. I do. And she, Jennifer's yeah. body uh, star, Megan <laughs> Fox. Uh, 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 uh. But um, she she also like shows a lot of the development like behind the scenes. I think mm-hmm. she sometimes streams the development, which is really interesting. Like I've watched a few videos that have come out of it. I don't know if it's from streams or just her recording it on her own, but she's pretty open about the development, which is really interesting. So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. even if you're mm-hmm. not like even if you have no interest in playing it and you're interested in making games. Uh, she she is worth following for that kind of insight and like feedback and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, it, it's 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 also definitely fun to follow just because you occasionally do get like Skatebird on your on your Twitter and you're just like, oh yeah, this is nice. Oh yeah, it's flapping its wings as it's falling. Aw. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It's too bad the game. The art is really really great in that game. Yeah. I hope that the gameplay comes together because there's a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, and it's such a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I definitely think it could. Uh, it's just it's just you know it, it, it's it's still very much an alpha demo. You know, yeah. like it's it's, it, it's not the most polished demo out there. But the, the, you know, it's tough because I think a lot of us we have the golden standard, which is kind of like Tony Hawk Pro Skater and two and three and four and all that. Like and we skate all skate and yeah yeah like we know how good those feel. We know how awesome they are. And to ask an indie, like basically mm-hmm. a single person developer, to make yeah. something that is that quality, if not like like at least that quality, basically, because that's the the yeah. level we expect, is really hard. <laughs> like oh, even though yes. those, even oh, though totally. those, even though those games yeah. came out like twenty years ago, they're really good, and like the, yeah. it's, not, it's not easy to do that. So like I feel yeah. for her, uh, yeah. but I I do hope I, it comes I, out and it's kicking ass. I think it's possible to. I, I think, yeah. like for me, I don't expect it to be as good as those games. As it stands, it it's, it still feels just very like. I mean, it feels very very alpha, like a demo. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I mean, right, which just, is which is fine. When you play it, it too. Yeah. That's what it yeah. is. And and like by comparison, like uh, something like Session feels like it's mostly a content thing, and they have the feel down. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the sizes of the teams are. Based on each other, but Session's also a game that they're taking money for already. So I think it was smart for Skatebird to push to 2021 because it gives time to like dial all that stuff in a little bit more. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, maybe get some feedback about what things are seem to be not yeah. working, and hopefully, you know, be able to kind of push forward. And the camera control is wild. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of games have that weird camera control. That's that's. It's true. Camera control yeah. is, is not always good. Oh yeah, no. I, I'm. I feel oh. like. Can you control the camera that much, in Tony Hawk? I don't. I like that's where it's like it goes. Like, okay, what does Tony Hawk do? Because this is Tiny Hawk. So wow. <laughs> um, it's not my uh, joke. Uh, I'm sorry, Twitter person. Yeah, but it just, every game should just have. A little lucky two following you holding a little camera on a stick. There we go. That's perfect. That's the, the, and you control yep. it using the, the, C, the C buttons, buttons. on the top right of the controllers yep. of the controller or the D pad, you know, whatever, whatever it happens. Yeah, that's the, I, that's the, the most intuitive camera control is the C buttons for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You have another player control the camera while you skate. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Knowing, knowing my <laughs> friends? No. <laughs> I don't know how many people that could work for yeah. in any way, but. Um, 
Uh, I also played a couple others. I played a Garden Story, which I know that Alex is also interested in. Um, oh, that's cool. And that was very cute. Um, it's kind of a uh, top-down feels kind of like, like it's a, an RPG kind of a chill, very very chill RPG. That's kind of it feels kind of like in a an almost Zelda like way where it's like you're you're going on an adventure and. You're doing you, like, like, like. I mean, kind of like a link to the past kind of Zelda way, um, in vaguely. But then there's also going to be some crafting, I think, and there's going to be, um, kind of building up these towns, which is really good. And also, you're playing as a grape, so that's also great. Hell yeah. Um, that's but grape? yeah, it's <laughs> grape. <laughs> yeah. What's eating him? It. Uh, the the fact that his name is Concord. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm glad they didn't name oh, him Gilbert. No. No. That is pretty grape. Uh, ha, ha, do, you get, ha, do you get grape ha, ha, hands when you eat them? Uh, no. If you ate Concord, I'd be so mad at you. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> because Concord's really, because it's really, really cute. Like, the it, it has a really you know, adorable art style. Um, the demo is pretty limited in that you can kind of see that there's going to be a, a lot more systems at play. Um, like, there's going to be, uh, you're, you're, I think, you're going to be building up, I think, towns um, from from th- things, and you're. <laughs> um, I know that there there looks like there's going to be some crafting elements because you collect resources, but you don't see really any of that. Um, uh, and then there's also kind of like a, a request board system, and there's uh, favors that you can do. So there, it kind of does the RPG thing, um, like Trails in the Sky. But, but it uh, does not, uh, but it's, it's hard to see necessarily the full extent of the game considering it's, it's a pretty small, um, uh, very, very, very small slice of the game. But, um, the combat, I don't know. It, 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 it feels very, very simple, but I think it could get pretty interesting. It's, this is presumably pretty early on into the game, um, but I think the real thing that is uh, makes me really excited about it and hopeful is just it is extremely charming. Um, the art is super super cute. the The world is is very cute. Like you're walk you're going around um, with your friend who's an a- one of your friends is an apple. The other friend's a frog. Uh, it's just very very cute and. Um, has a very nice style to it. So it, it's, it, I, I'd say I'd recommend giving it a shot because it is a really short uh, demo, but kind of gives you a sense for, for the game um, and, and for the general vibe of it. So I, it, it, it's, it's, it feels very neat and I'm, I'm excited to see uh, more of this game. Cool. Well, yeah. I heard it through the grapevine that you also played another game. I Boo. God, no. Um Boo. I played uh uh Chris Tales, uh which I think was I think shown at one of the um like I think maybe at the PC gaming show. Yeah, it was I think it was Very- actually shown last year. Maybe because I don't remember. I remember us reacting to the art. The art being really is impressive, extremely good, and yeah, like because I I I'd seen I think I'd seen the um 
like it was like there's like kind of an intro cinematic to it. Yeah. But the art inside the game is almost better. Like it looks sure. so good. It is like almost upsettingly good. And I was like, I I was looking at this and I was it was one of those things where you're kind of looking and going, wait, is this actually an indie game or does this have like the backing of some huge sure. dev? It yeah. no, it looks pretty dang indie. Um, so it which is which is really nifty because it's it is uh r- real really 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 pretty and I think from what the, the gameplay was I think it could be a really cool game um so uh it's a turn based RPG um so it it, it I know this is <laughs> it reminds me of Paper Mario <laughs> in that it's like kind of like a two uh two point five dimension um aesthetic but um during the actual battles you have the kind of action button where you get better uh you can block things if you press the button at the right time um or if you time your button press when you're uh, attacking you get a little bit of extra damage so it has that kind of um similar thing um but the thing that's pretty um that's really interesting about the game is that there is a big time travel mechanic. Um, you're not really necessarily traveling in time, but your main, the main character uh, can see into the future and into the past. Um, it's pretty... You, you do this um, during the actual gameplay pretty seamlessly, where you have like this triangle. Um, in the middle of the triangle, you're seeing what it is now. On the right uh, side of the screen, you see future. On the left side of the screen, you see the past. Um, in battles, you can eventually um, use a, like a specific cost and bring enemies to the past or the future, and it can affect the battles in different ways. So the one thing that they really wanted you to see is um, there's an enemy that had a very significant um, shield that you couldn't chip past at all. But if you use... Uh, your water magic in the past, get it wet, and then move that enemy to the future, then it'll rust so that you have some... It, it opens up cool. defense. So the, I, that was, like, the one that they were really like, look at this, but I think there are other applications to that that I, I didn't see or that, you know, are going to be there in the future, but that was kind of what they're showing. So it's... I think it, I think it has a lot of potential. Um especially since it's not just beautiful, but it is also um, that gameplay uh, loop could be pretty interesting. And it looks like there's going to be some sort of uh, choices as well. Um, I don't know to what extent, but it, in general, it just looks really neat. So I'm that that's uh, the one thing that went from like, I don't know, from zero to really, really interested. So, yeah, it seems that sounds really cool. So, I'd like, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll check that demo out before it this is. Ends. It also just the art is so good. I'll just yeah. head yeah, over to cool. twitter.com and follow this, <laughs> this developer. What? Oh, this game's account is suspended. Yeah, what? I oh, no yeah, I ran into that just now. That's weird, but but there, but they, but there's other still seems accounts. to be going. Yeah, that's the that's the publisher, and uh, the, I think you can follow there. It's a 
there's two developers on it, um, Dreams Unincorporated and Sick Studio, and uh, you can follow both of those. Sick. So, all right, yeah, but no, that 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 game is rad. Cool. Nice. Well, I I played a game. Yeah, you uh, did. I, I think I've talked about it before because uh, it was at Bit Summit last year. Uh, it's it's online this year, but yeah, Bit Summit had a game called Greek Memories of Azure, which is a Metroidvania. Uh, it's, yeah, it's Metroidvania where the main kind of gimmick is that you control three different characters, mm. and those characters have like different abilities and use cases. So you've got. Uh, like the main one is he's the sword boy and then you've got the sister who is does like magic stuff and arranged attacks and then you've got the older brother who is the big beefy boy who has the shield and is more defensive ability focused and so you're going through levels and you're changing between the characters to do different things and to solve puzzles like oh i need to have one person stand on this block or this like button so i can open like the, the gate and i can go through the gate and i can grab the thing and push that's the kind of stuff that's in the uh the demo or like different weight stuff like oh i need to stand on this thing on the end of a chain and then it'll raise the platform so the other person can jump up Stuff like that. It's interesting. Kind of, yeah. From, it's, from that brief description, it kind of reminds me of the cave. Or I've not played the cave. Like the cave or even trine a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some trine in there. But you can get people really far away. It's not like all one screen. Mm-hmm. So you can just leave someone in like mm-hmm. a different like like a different zone. Like you can okay. go through like a door, like to a new like loading zone. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like and the then, cave. <laughs> Yeah, you can like okay. I'm gonna go back. So that's all pretty neat. Uh, the powers are cool, uh, but you know it's a demo. It's very early in the game. It's not coming out till next year, I believe. Uh, it's a Mexican studio making it. Uh, cool. Maybe their first game, uh, and it just I think it looks really nice. There's something about the characters like. Their faces are just basically white with like some little dots for eyes. And I can't tell if that's like unfinished or if that's just their aesthetic for the characters. Mm. Because they all have like bluish white hair and white faces with two dots. And it's like it's very, very indistinct. They're all colored differently and stuff. Like it's easy to tell who is who. But yeah, it's interesting. But I would, I really enjoyed playing that uh, last year at Bit Summit and what I played of this demo. It seems like it's a little more fleshed out than what I played last year, uh, but I can't remember exactly what I played. It's a sim, it's a similar section. And also, one thing I didn't get to, but I also played a Bit Summit last year and is available in this Steam Game Festival is Shores Unknown which is a uh, CRPG um, that is, it has some like pretty free form combat, kind of like how Dragon Quest 11 or uh, some other modern JRPGs allow you to run around 
kind of freely during combat uh, and then like do your attacks and stuff. Uh, Shores Unknown lets you run around during the combat phase uh, or yeah, during combat. But then like as you do abilities, then you have to like run over and attack, but you're not just stuck in one spot. Uh, And that's pretty neat. Uh, It's developed here in Japan by. I think it's a Russian guy. And I think it's like a pretty small group, but it's I really enjoyed uh, the bit I played. And I think uh, other people will as well. Uh, So Shores Unknown is that one supposed to be out this year. Rad. Uh, But yeah, that's that's all I kind of got to say about those games. I didn't I've not had a lot of time this week. And what time I have had, uh, at least since yesterday, has been me delving deep into The Last of Us 2. I'm like eight-ish hours in now. Nice. Yeah, I'm about two and a half. I just have not had time. Yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed the two and a half hours I've played. <laughs> Which I, is an interesting, interesting... Well phrase to put uh, around those first how about parts I've, of those first two hours. I've appreciated the first two and a half hours, yeah, even yeah. if not enjoyed, if if that's better. Yeah. Yeah. And Pat, well, yeah, no, you're feeling it's just the there are there's something in that first first bit that I uh it is just I don't know how I feel about it in terms of like uh, the way it's presented because it's, yeah, that's, it's a thing that I knew coming into the game. It's the, it's the spoiler that I, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of briefly skimmed the spoilers, but I didn't read any of them close enough to understand them except for that one. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing that made me go from being pretty cynical about the game to wanting to check it out. You and also thought it was midway through the game. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I didn't realize it was so early, so now I'm even more intrigued to see where the rest of it goes. Yeah, um, I saw the same spoiler, but I misinterpreted it in a very interesting way. <laughs> yeah, sort of same. Um, not in the same way, but I actually think the way the spoiler was presented when I read it, through mm-hmm. the source I read it, it was incorrect mm-hmm. in certain aspects mm-hmm. of it. Um. And it is a interesting. I also went back and replayed the first game and kind of turned around a little bit on my feelings towards it. Now it's, um, it's now Pat's favorite game. No, I still think it's. I still think the like furious like fervor around that game is a little much. But at the same time, I think it is a really good game. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say even great. Uh, having revisited it at a different place in life. Um, the first one is a game that I would say is rough, but if you are into post-apocalyptic stories, if you're into, you know, sort of zombie stories, that it's worth checking out. Um, the second one, I would content warning uh, from what I have played so far up and down the block. I would yes. say if you are not interested in playing a brutally violent and emotionally devastating work that you should definitely let this one give this one a pass and i also want to make it clear that i'm not using that as some form of like gatekeeping or like oh yeah totally you know if you're not hard enough then don't play this game at all i think that it is a specific kind of thing um yeah i i i think of it as in in an opposite way because this thing doesn't really have the potential to do 
harm emotionally, but like a lot of the like sort of more twee stuff that I see come along, um, I think is like super cool, but it's it's often not really for me. I would say this is the opposite. The difference here is that if you're not, if it's not for you, it could also lead to you feeling really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas no, no cute indie game is ever going to make you feel bad. Yeah, like if you play Garden <laughs> uh, Garden Story, you're going to come away with a, a grin. If if you yeah, come, yeah, if you like, play yeah, the Last of Us, from, yeah. if you play Last of Us two, you're yeah. going to come away with chagrin. Uh, oh. <laughs> and there's some specific <laughs> stuff around. Uh, <laughs> there's just some specific t- stuff around. Um, abuse and violence towards yeah. a trans character that I don't have the context for because yeah. I haven't seen. I have seen lots of discourse condemning it and lots of discourse celebrating it as um, well portrayed. So I don't know, but certainly if that's a trigger for you, I would, it sounds like you should avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, one thing I'll say uh, to step back to the, the event we were talking about that, that happened yeah, yeah, early yeah. And on. I think given that disclaimer, yeah, given all those disclaimers, I think the like I'm gonna talk very much around spoilers. So if you're listening yeah. to this and are like, do I need to skip this? No, we're not gonna say anything spoiling it. Um, the thing that happens, I didn't have, I didn't read any spoilers. I've done everything I could to just not read anything about the game mm-hmm. before it came out. Like watched a couple trailers yeah. here and there, but like yeah, went in largely blind. Uh, and also, I enjoyed the first game when it came out. I wouldn't say it's my favorite of all time, but you know, I liked it at the time. Anyways, um, the thing that happens is the kind of thing that I always kind of wished a developer would do, but always felt like the kind of thing they wouldn't because it's like a mm-hmm. kind of a bold thing to do. And the fact yeah, that yeah. they just went for it and like they did it really early is really fascinating to me and has me way more invested. So I think it's and that's it, what interested me so much in trying it, having read this book. Yeah, and sure. the only thing I'll say again, speaking around it, is the thing that happens after that. I expected they could have dragged it out for like two hours of like, you know, um, mulling over the consequences mm-hmm. of it and uh, just everything surrounding it. But you only it's like twenty minutes, and then it just kind of goes into the next section, which I think was interesting. Um, well, it's because the whole game is, or at least I, I can't say the whole game, but at least what I have played is still like reckoning and coping and reflecting yeah. on what has happened. Yeah, which is interesting. Uh, <laughs> I almost want to dive into something slightly spoilery, but no, we'll, we'll save it for like a week uh, or two from well, here. Well, I think we'll probably yeah. end up wanting to talk about it with spoilers yeah. included at a certain point. Uh, not I, today, I, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will say I with that like with the this early event, which is kind of the catalyst or is the catalyst for everything that happens. Yeah. I was happy about the way it went down because it wasn't what I expected. <laughs> happy. I, I oh, you saw it, you oh, were just I, like, I, yay! Know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I yeah. I, I was yeah, I was same. pleasantly surprised because it didn't they didn't fall into the trap that I thought they were going to fall into. Yeah. Uh, and which had me super apprehensive and like, I don't, I don't and, know. And I would say the thing that I, the, there's a lot to talk about. We talked about it a little bit privately last night, and I think it's a thing we'll mm-hmm. delve into more when we want to talk spoilery, but there's a lot of, it's the game is, is going for a cinematic quality that I don't know that it, it serves it. Uh, particularly well like in some ways I wonder if the fact that it's a game is really necessary 
Um, yeah. We'll see as time goes on playing it. Well, when what they put I will the say, HBO series. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, speaking of that, I'm actually, I want that HBO series to be about what happens between the first game and the second game, by the way, based on where the second game picks up. But uh, anyway, um, the, the, I will say the sequence that we're dancing around in question um, is uh, certainly emotionally, and I don't even want to talk about that. The game in general has an ability to create tension and intensity that I haven't really experienced in a game before, mm. um, which is really impressive to me. I I was thinking a lot about, and there's not really um, a parallel here, so don't worry about reading into this as a spoiler. My partner and I were talking about the, int- the, the opening few hours of The Last of Us Part Two versus something like Assassin's Creed Origins, which prior to this was kind of the most raw... Um, uh, painful and kind of upsetting beginning to a game that I had seen because um, I am going to talk a little bit about spoilers for the opening few hours of Assassin's Creed Origins, uh, an Assassin's Creed game that's been out for two and a half years, years now. Um, but uh, uh, in that game, the game kind of opens with the main character um, and you learning that 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 at the manipulation, like physical manipulation of, of the bad guys, he killed his child. Um, and like, it's an accident, but like, and that's sort of his impetus for going out on this, um, on this journey to like, take down this shadow group that's trying to control Egypt. And it's really well portrayed. Um, and there's an intensity to that scene that makes it uncomfortable and upsetting, but like it still like the last of us part two. And again, it's not even necessarily a similar thing that's going on um similar like roles and events but man the i was like shaking at times mm-hmm. during the first few hours of that game and i'm not someone to i when i hear people say that i go no you weren't that's like like come on <laughs> like be honest let's not be hyperbolic here and it's not necessarily to say that i think that last was part two is the best game ever made or anything like that that's not what i'm saying but it certainly has a way to um it is it is emotional in a way that and it, and it elicits emotions in a way that is is really impressive I think and and um sort of different than uh, a lot of other games that I have played that go for similar kind of emotional stuff. I think a reason for that, at least for me, um, I don't know if it's the same for you. It's the way in which they portray it, like both the good and the bad. Like there's a really yeah. good romantic moment pretty early on in the game too that's just portray- portrayed very realistically like it's not played up like it's, it's not like oh this beautiful romantic music that's going on with an undertone and then it's like you know crescendoing like it would in a movie it just feels natural and it the same kind of goes for like the brutal violence is that it feels like grounded in a reality that's like oh if this happened in real life this is probably what it'd be like Ugh. So like but, I, which which yeah I, I've I've been kind of questioning like does it does it need to be do they need to portray it that way uh, do they need to you know focus so much on the actual violence because I think in like you know Pat saying he was shaking I I can't you know speak for Pat but I wonder how much of that is like the way they portray the violence especially in that totally. scene um, and because it's 
It is graphic. Like mm-hmm. it's very Mortal graphic. Co- it's like I am not Mortal Kombat level graphic, <laughs> but except, like except not like it cartoonish has consequences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, it's not cartoonish. And, um, and and what I would say is I'm not a film critic, so um, I, I certainly think a film critic could probably analyze those early scenes and give all the reasons how X movie and Y movie and Z movie did it better. Um, so I, I, I still think it's a derivative work. I don't think it's doing something like I hesitate to use words like groundbreaking because it's not, it's not breaking new ground. There's other media that has portrayed a lot sure. of this stuff and it's not doing it in a way that is somehow unique to being a game. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I think it's valid to be, critical of a lot of those aspects like you're saying andre i just can only speak for the fact that like i haven't experienced oh oh, uh, yeah a film that does that has done that for me the closest that i've gotten to that is something like children of men um and even that was more of a like grip the chair in the movie theater not so much like putting a controller down and feeling like motion in my hands and stuff and and needing to take a walk around so i I think um some of the the discourse around it that's frustrating is like certainly would not argue that like this is the greatest media of all time. Like I have actually seen someone do, but I do think that it it is powerful in a certain way and that it's, it's valid to say that it's doing things that games don't really do. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I'm wondering like it, it revels in the violence and based on some of the discourse, maybe it eventually <laughs> kind of was like, Oh, but you were the monster all along. I was like, okay. But, sure. but they, they, you know, with the, the fidelity and the graphical prowess with which they can render uh, the violence and gore is, I wonder how much of that is what is impacting as opposed to like another game where there are plenty of games that have like super violent moments, but they're not super high, like, they're not super high quality I, though. What yeah. they're rendering isn't I see as, what you're getting at. And uh, I realistic don't... or whatever. So it's not a, maybe that's part of what is building the. Yeah. Um, when we go, when we go into spoilers at a later date, we can talk about it in more detail. I don't think that's what was happening mm-hmm. for me in that specific scene. Um, I don't think it was really a fidelity thing. Um, I, I, I think it uh, was, I actually think like agency, Okay. And it in player agency did have an effect on that scene in a way that it wouldn't watching it in from the perspective of a from a movie. So but but also it's hard to really get into that without going into what yeah. that scene's about. And I don't want to do that here. Um, but I also think what you're saying is super valid and um, and and reasonable, too. And I will say that the, yeah. the biggest criticism I have of the game, um, there is a very cool as you move forward in the game a little bit again being as vague as possible there's a point where after you get through that opening sequence you you move into a more open area that is that is a break from the first game because it actually is like sort of open worldy it's yeah smaller than an open world and you don't encounter from what i've heard you don't continue to encounter those spaces you kind of explore that space and then move on and the rest of the game is pretty linear. It sounds kind of like um, um, Uncharted Lost Legacy in that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, it actually, I will be honest, I have not played Lost Legacy and it definitely made me want to go back and play it because um, 
I'm finding that to be really interesting, the way that you can kind of explore this space. Um, with that said, my biggest criticism is while I enjoy that there's one of the first kind of places you could come across in that exploration space, you it, it's very much a, like you go in, there's infected there, you, you fight them, and then you get like a reward for going through it. And then when you get out at one point, like Ellie is like, well, at least we found this in there. And that was definitely a moment where I was like, <laughs> it felt like kind like it was to an extent betraying that, like the, the, it was very much a moment of like, this is still a video game. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and it, that was a little bit frustrating. Um, and, not this is still a video game in the like we're leveraging the the specific tools that being a video game gives us to make a more impactful experience. It was like we put a dungeon in that you had to go in to get a weapon kind of thing. And that was a little like, I don't know how I super feel about that. By contrast with another piece of equipment that I, with no spoilers um, that you acquire, which I felt was like actually like kind of poignant and powerful um, the way that it's introduced. So there is still a little bit of that, like half of a foot in we're making a post-apocalyptic video game. But aside from that one moment, the rest of the spaces that I've explored have had various moments that didn't do that, that were like actually like pretty moving and moving in one way or another. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think this game has some cool. been cool. genuinely so. beautiful moments. Totally. And yeah. like, you know, uh, from, like locations uh, to just like character interactions. Oh yeah. It's, it, the, it runs the gamut, man. Some of the art in that game is stunning. <laughs> totally. Like when yeah. it, it's nice to play a game that isn't a brown drab post-apocalypse and totally. the last of us wasn't like there are those areas, but like yeah. nature has really taken over and it gets to be green and bright and colorful. Yeah. Like yeah, when for sure. there's a moment when you're, uh, when you're with Dina, I think, and you're like looking over the outpost or whatever, and you're just looking at the mountains and it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. that looks yeah. realistic and beautiful. And also makes me want to go back to the mountains. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Not since Witcher three. Have I seen such a beautiful there's, mountainscape? There's yeah. a, there's certainly a moment where, and this gets into a little bit of that, like, well, you could have also set up a beautiful cinematic camera shot, um, which sort of alludes to stuff that you talked about privately, Allison too. But with that in mind, there's a moment where you're riding through a forest early on and looking at it, it is just like the amount of, of art talent and work that went into the, I mean, it is like, yeah, it is, it is, if you stop, it is staggering the, the degree to which they're modeling the plants around you and the trees. And you can look at individual leaves on a fern and the leaves are slightly different than the fern that is further down the path. And, each tree is unique and like, I, I can't imagine the number Ain't of no hours that went here. into. Yeah. I can't imagine the number of hours that went into rendering, um, rendering that yeah. scene. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's, it's definitely a, a interesting work. I think the frustrating discourse has just been that like, you have the people who are like, this is one of the most important pieces of media of all time, which is hyperbolic and, <laughs> And and 
Like, it's hard to say without, you know, going through it ourselves. If they feel yeah, like yeah, that yeah. for themselves, that's great. It's but. totally fair to say that about your it's impact yes, on yeah. you too, for sure. It's also the, it's the also, discourse around the game is frustrating. It also feels impossible to say that when the game hasn't even been out a week. Like it's been out, yeah, it's been out like kind of what I'm getting two at. days. And like yeah. the it's easy. Like I feel like you need some room. Like you need to see. You do. You need to look at it from a broader lens. Like a year later. Like what impact did this have? <laughs> and at the same time, I see a lot of critics that I have a lot of respect for, and and people that are just developers and stuff too that I have a lot of respect for, um, who are like saying like, "Oh my god, I wish people would shut up about this AAA trash. It's not. It's 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 just slop. Why are we even talking about this?" And it's like. <laughs> like that's also dismissive in a way that is not helpful, like, not and helpful at all, regardless of the, 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 I'm not even, I mean, I'm always concerned about everyone's feelings, but I'm not even coming at it from a perspective of like protecting the developers feelings yeah. because I don't, I mean, naughty dog is one of the most prestigious studios in the world. I don't think we need to be too precious with the criticism, Yeah, but at the same time, like, <laughs> like, as someone who has been dismissive of the first game in the past and understood the ways in which that's not helpful, it's not helpful to just immediately come out as like, well, oh, the stupid zombie game. Like, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, like, middle, there's, there's nuance. Yeah, there. there's, there's like a middle ground between like only AAA games are worth talking about to AAA games Absolutely. are not worth talking about at all. Like there is yeah. a middle ground. And I, I, th- I think you can... You know, I, I, I mean, I only played a little bit of the first Last of Us, and I don't really think I'm going to play the second one. But, sure. um, you know, it, even still, like, there's a middle ground between, like, between those two points. And it's okay to be, like, you know, e- either say, like, I if you don't like it, or uh, you can say if you're not interested or whatever. But you don't have to do that while being also dismissive of people that like it. Yeah, and and I think the big thing for me is I don't like any criticism that makes you feel um foolish for enjoying a thing or or enjoying's the wrong word I think with this game, but for appreciating a thing. Um and there's so much of that I think that is veering into it's bad when criticism makes you feel like if you don't enjoy it there's something wrong with you and it's bad when criticism makes you feel like if you enjoy it there is something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right now there's an I've seen maybe two critical conversations about this game that are actually in the middle and have that nuance and everything else that I've seen has been on either end of that spectrum. And that's so frustrating and is kind of an example of why, like we're not going to move forward with that mentality. And it's a lot of people, even with the critics, it's people who have played the game and there are people who haven't played the game and they're (laughs) just like, "Uh, yeah, come on, you you all know better. Or people who have played the game, who have who who have a, a colleague or friend who has played the game yeah. and feel or, qualified to be critical of it, and it's like, or they watch the cutscenes on YouTube. Yeah, and that's 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 kind of devoid of context and yeah. to some extent, and and um, I think it's just frustrating. A, a big part of it is like it's just Twitter is a bad place to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Twitter is a bad place. End of, so uh, is yeah. Metacritic. Twitter is a bad place. End of sentence for <laughs> yeah. sure. Uh, um, so is Metacritic. It turns out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that's for an entirely different, yes. more bullshit yes. reason. Steam reviews. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's just it's an interesting topic, and I think it's going to be an interesting thing to talk about for a long time, even with how it it has affected critical discourse. I wonder if uh, if that fateful tweet hadn't been 
hadn't been tweeted if uh if perhaps the discourse around it would have not gotten so hostile so fast yeah. on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, I don't know which tweet you're referring to, but that's okay. Schindler's Schindler's oh, List. This is Schindler's okay. List comparison, oh, which, yeah, which, yeah. which, you know, was a ter- is a is a terrible thing. It's, to just, com- it's, it's just a tacky tweet. <laughs> like, come it's on. a bad and 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 a critical fallacy. Like, you, you cannot. Yeah, yeah you, can't, um, you you can't separate the context of that film from its tone. Well, so to yeah. compare anything, yeah, and that's that also not about a, that specific event is incorrect. And but also we talked about it. Uh, in our chat just like movies to games and the yeah, yeah. absurdity of that and this game is does rely on cinematic language a lot and uses oh, it yeah. To, yeah. effectively well but it's cinematic language that is done better in other places and all that stuff and it's very interesting and and in some ways I do I, I, to your point Andrea I wonder if this were a you know like 15 hour movie instead mm-hmm. of a 30 hour game, would it be potentially a better piece of art? I mean, then I don't, I don't know. Um, it would depend on the execution in that on that yeah. side as well. So I don't know. Um, but I, I will say that it definitely is having a, a, an impact, uh, on me that is, um, singular from, from works in the, in the space. Uh, and I'm, Looking forward again is kind of the wrong word, but I'm I'm in, I'm I am definitely riveted to see where mm-hmm. it goes. Uh, a lot of people say like they can only play it in ninety minute chunks and stuff like that. I haven't felt like that. I've no, like I said, I I've played either. eight hours like between yesterday and today, and I'm I'm moving through and I'm having a good time experiencing the story. Yeah. Uh, there are moments where I'm like, it's, but it's. it's I think what's interesting is like after uh, the modern warfare presentation last year at E3, there were um, a lot of folks who came away from that saying like, Oh, I was physically uncomfortable during that presentation because of the, how um, violent and like uh, the content of the, the single player stuff. And in no way, shape or form would I do. I mean, to dismiss those experiences. Cause I think that's absolutely valid if you felt that way. And it's definitely the most intense call of duty campaign and it has problematic elements for sure. But when I played it, I was like, wow, that was an intense Call of Duty campaign. It didn't really have that kind of like, oh, my gosh, this is so this is like brutal and impactful. It was more like this is just kind of like sensationalizing the violence that is real that happens in in conflict zones around the world. And it's kind of it's at once a good Call of Duty campaign and also kind of fucked up that this is what we've turned this violence into. Yeah. In video games. Whereas with The Last of Us, I heard people talking about how it is really impactful emotionally and actually I'm having that experience. So it's, it's been an interesting um, contrast to the way that games that have been billed as, you know, affecting and brutal have been in the past. To me, that comes across as intent. Like, whereas call of mm-hmm. duty is going for sure. the intent of like, Oh, like it's kind of going for, I don't want to say the dude bro audience, but like not, maybe it's not, it's not, it's no. not a nuanced thing that we need a, going, we need a reason to put the graphic content warning at the beginning of the game. Kind of, and it's going yeah. for the, it's going for the, like we get our hands dirty. So the, the world's hands can stay clean. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's which like, is different, which is <laughs> yeah. different from what this is trying to portray. Look at how exactly. gritty and real this game uh, is. When you're like, like, like yeah. just remember you pulled the trigger. If, like, yeah. that, if that call of duty, like, okay. if call of duty is going to have that graphic content warning, 
but like last of us two doesn't like why are you even I, have that warning there like yeah. and, you know people shouldn't have to see that stuff it's just like that's actually my biggest critique of the last of us two thus far is i think if you are going to portray the kind of content in this game i do wish that it was more specific on mm-hmm. its store pages i think yeah. it should have better content warnings on its store pages I haven't even seen what the ratings descriptors are. I'm guessing that it does not include a descriptor for dead naming, which is like a specific thing that is a con that should be a content, a called out content warning on the store page that you receive when you try to buy it. And that is easily my biggest frustration or criticism of at least the like release and marketing of the game is like, I do think it's a clear example that, there are going to be people who play this and get five hours in and go, fuck, I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't for me. And the fact that they're not going to be able to get refunds for it is bullshit. Um, and so I, I think that that is a, a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the type of thing where I, maybe I'll play it someday, but I'm at the point right now where it's like, I don't necessarily want to deal with yeah, 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 yeah. things in the game. But like, I know that because of, uh, you know, hearing people talk about it and following right. games, media and following people like following you guys. And you're talking about like, wow, this is really intense and brutal. And it's like, okay. Um, I don't know necessarily how much, if people aren't quite as keyed into games, media, if they'll see that or if they'll know well, that, you know, my, my brother messaged me and was like, "I'm are, is, are any of you going to play?" Message me, my other b- brother, uh, and said, "Are you, are you guys going to play Last of Us Part 2? And I was like, "Yes." Just he doesn't follow games media. So I was like, "Just so you know, it is a it is a step further in the distressing direction than um than the first game." And like he was like, "Oh, thanks. That's really good. I think he's still going to play it." But he was like, "That's really good to know that I should be prepared for that going in." Yeah. Um, because otherwise it can it does kind of feel sometimes like it, that opening sequence is, is playing a bit of a trick on you in the, like you thought things were brutal before way. Um, if you don't have that context, once you have that context, I think it's, 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 it's super well executed, but yeah, I could see someone feeling, yeah. Um, feeling like they were sort of baited on that a little bit. Yeah. And to be noted, like, I don't think we need to talk about this forever, but like the no, the, can... the opening of The Last of Us OG is very well known for being emotionally affecting and like pretty brutal and yeah. like it, it was really affecting at the time, especially when you didn't know it was yeah. coming. Um, it does not feel to me like the stuff we're dancing around is trying to one up itself. It really doesn't. Like no, it does not come across so. that way at all. Uh, it feels pretty natural, yeah. and it it feels like yes. there is a story they want to tell, and this is the way they're setting it up. And I think it's it's very effective in that. So, and the last thing I would say on it is, from a purely mechanical standpoint, the my biggest issue with the original game is the way it does the whole like cutscene, walk and talk, see some knee high crates, and now you're gonna sneak around and choke guys for for twenty minutes, and then exploration, pick up their stuff walk and talk cutscene, and then you repeat that. And that is very much the structure of that game with, with a couple of minor exceptions. Um, this game breaks that mold completely there. Things can happen at any time. And this, and, and with some limited exception, it to me pretty frequently has felt like, Oh, okay. Now all of a sudden we're doing 
now I need to crouch. I got to go prone and hide in this grass because, oh shit, there's stuff now. And it, it's been much more like effective so far for me in, in like moving between those sort of uh, modes of play. Being further on in the game than you, uh, it does get back into that kind of rhythm. Because like, like you mentioned, it doesn't have like open areas later on. So you have less of that. And but because they've added in like mechanics and stuff, it feels a little bit more fresh and like, okay, I'm doing something a little bit different here and like different ways to solve stuff. But it, you do get back into that. Like, okay, walking through an area, investigating, okay, combat, loot stuff. Okay. Walk combat, loot stuff. I think a lot of it is how natural the progression between those things feel. And I'll have to play it to see how I feel about that. I think the first game's, just like there's there's multiple combat sequences in the first game where it's like this didn't need to be here but to fit the 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 like the formula there mm-hmm. needs to be a sneak around for 20 minutes and choke guys out or get in a gunfight sequence and that is what's frustrating to me i think the contrast is like in the first game when you're in the suburbs and you there's the sniper mm-hmm. that's an example of oh wow this is a cool transition we were walking and then all of a sudden here's conflict and we need to figure this out versus a sequence in Pittsburgh where you first give Ellie the rifle and it's like, well, we got to the gate. So of course there's going to be guys here. Here's your, here's your first huge, like this is going to take you half an hour to clear these people out. That was like, I hated that sequence. So, and that's actually the sequence that made me quit playing it the first time I played it. At Um, least where I'm at, uh, in the game like it makes sense that there'd be people yeah. all around and, uh sure yeah and that's that would make me feel better about it yeah but yeah. it's it's not a massive departure from the original game it it goes back to like the beginning of the game is much more different than the end of the or sure. than than the original Later. game yeah then after like hour three yeah. onward becomes much more like the first game at least you don't have to craft shivs no, you don't. Sorry, minor mechanical spoiler, but you don't have to crash shiz. No, it's because Ellie has a knife. Yeah. All right. Well, that's The Last of Us 2 for now. It, it'll be back. Yeah, we'll probably be able to I, to break out thoughts into a deeper discussion. There will probably be a spoiler cast. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, there's there's a lot to talk about. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of good moments. Yeah. Uh, I have not hated anything in this game so far. So there's that. Allison, did you, I don't want to steal, steal your, your, your job, Andre, but I have to know Allison before we move to news. Are you, did you find a way to enjoy Xenoblade Chronicles? Uh, are you asking for yourself or uh, for, me? for a friend? Well, for a friend. I'm asking, I'm asking you if you found a way to enjoy it so that for I know listeners. whether I can try it again. I'd say I'm enjoying it. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, it's... I don't know, because I keep going back and forth with it. Um, because I feel like my enjoyment is completely determined on, like, physically where I am in the game. Because some of the environments are so fun and, like, so beautiful that you're sure. that it's, like, kind of, like, fun running around these cool environments... And then I just got to this kind of swamp area and I'm like, I don't like this swamp. It's always a swamp. It's always it's it's kind a swamp of annoying. It's always a what swamp. What part of the of the giant's body is the swamp on? Is it like 
the gooch. Oh, it, it's like the, oh, the arm. It might actually be yeah. not that far. Is it? Does, like, does, does, does Bionis have swamp ass? Oh my god! Honestly, yeah. kind of, yeah. Because <laughs> quite literally, because because like you start near kind of further down the leg, and you traveled up the leg. I, I haven't looked at the map of the Bionis yet, or for this area, but you know you've traveled up the leg. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> I. I I I feel like I like I feel like I'm going back and forth because I like it a lot at certain points, but I really don't like I'm starting to get more in tune with the uh kind of flow of the combat, but it's not necessarily my my jam. Um and I- uh and yeah, and I think it's it's nice when there's a lot of side content to do but like certain areas there's not much side content um like uh there's uh right before the the swamp i uh you have to go through this entire um like mine area and it's just a lot of like corridors and going places um with no side content and it's a little bit dull um yeah so it's it's really i i'm interested to see where this game goes um because i feel like when it works it's really it's fun but then sometimes it doesn't quite understand i mean it's the first game of the of a series so i get it but also there's certain parts where it doesn't really understand what makes it fun at all so yeah it's it's those opening hours are real rough they are i go back and play it I've been like slowly I'll play it for like 20 minutes and it's like, okay, I'm going to run to another person and then we're going to read dialogue boxes for another 20 minutes. And then, Oh, now I got to go up to the park on the edge of town where I'm going to watch a two minute cutscene and then read dialogue boxes for 20 minutes. And it's like, and then whenever I try to go like, well, maybe I'll break this up by going out and doing a side quest where I fight something. And then the thing one shots me. It's like, what are, what is, what are we doing? (laughs) And it's not particularly good writing no. for the early parts. So no, it's, it's not. Yeah. There's certain parts where I'm, I'm like about 15 hours in so far. Um, there have been some decent. Well, I'm like trying. I say decent writing and I'm like, I don't know if I would agree with that. I don't, I don't think fine. I mean that. The plot is interesting. Like the concept, yeah. the world is super The world building is what I think is makes it makes me want to keep doing it. Is yeah, that yeah. I feel like I feel like that's the one thing that's always made me really, really interested in Xenoblade in general. Yes. Yeah, is that they have really cool environments and the world building is always really, really interesting. Like um, the giant so, swampy ass. Exactly. <laughs> but like you get to like like this like like there are so, there, I feel like there's moments in every Xenoblade game I've played so far where you get into like a wide big field and there's interesting you know, uh, geometry, like there's interesting, um, kind of unworldly, like otherworldly, um, like rock structures and things like that. Right. Where yeah. You're, where you're like, wow, this seems really neat. And then you're wandering around and there's a huge monster that you can't fight it yet, but maybe someday you will be yeah, able to. And like, it's a cool design. Yeah. And, and that's what I really like about Xenoblade whenever I play them is because is that kind of, you know, that sense of awe and that sense of, wow, I'm in a really neat place. Um, but when you don't have that and when you don't have the uh, side quests, it's like, 
uh, it's kind of a slog at points. So yeah, I'm kind of trying to push my way through more of it because there are, there have been a couple of moments where I was like, wow, I really like this game. But then there are certain moments in it too, where I'm like, I might drop it. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Oh, I wanted to hear your thoughts because I can't, I probably going to keep playing it because I spent yeah. the money to buy it, but it's also really, I, that's the other thing too. I'm like, I spent the whole $60 yeah. on this game. But, but, but by comparison, I had been, I had picked it up to mostly play it while I was exercising and, Yesterday or two days ago, instead of playing it, I booted up Pokemon and did a gym battle in Pokemon instead, which is a game that listeners will know I found very disappointing personally and was had far more fun doing that gym battle in Pokemon than I have had with Xenoblade. (laughs) I don't know why, but I was at my apartment digging through my games and I pulled out Pokemon Ultra Sun for some reason. So I might start a new save on oh, that. No, I don't know. I'm like, this sounds fun. Um, mostly because people were talking about shinies, and I'm like, I want to do shiny hunting, but I got really mad at it in Sword and Shield. So I was like, oh, I could get far in Ultra Sun and do some shiny hunting there, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's 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 the one thing I will say is that it is nice to have. Um, it is a good. Uh, um, a multitasking game. So, like, if sure. you put something on TV and and you go, okay, I'm just going to knock out a bunch of side quests. It is nice to have that. Yeah. Um, and and the one thing that I really wish I liked more, and that I think is a really cool idea, um, but isn't really, I don't think, executed that great, is that there is the um kind of like affinity chart where you have the chart of all of the different relationships that you know between, like, people in, like, your various colonies or something. And so that some of those affect each other, and you see them change over time. And from what I can tell, like, it, you, uh, some of the side quests are, you know, kind of limited to when you've met certain people and you've talked to people and they've gotten them on the affinity chart so that you see the relationships between people. That being said... That's a really cool idea, but the side characters are not interesting. So I'm like, I'm like, okay. Like there's been a couple of times where I've been invested in it, but very rarely. And most of the time you're looking at this chart and you're like, I don't know who any of these people are. I would say after about four hours spent with the game, I haven't encountered a single character that is interesting. Yeah. And I mean, interesting. I mean, interesting in the like, Oh, that's cute. They want to be friends with that guy. <laughs> like, you know, like I want to help them be friends, but they like crave basic social interaction. How cute! I know. It's like, oh, I, I haven't gone out and talked to people in real life in a while. That's fun. Um, and I think that the new character, like the main characters, are okay. But they're, they're not. not- they're not like I don't dislike them. Yeah, but it's definitely like <laughs> all of the and all of the reactions around this game sounds boring. so tepid. And it's like yeah. you know okay. that JRPG, this is fine. Like I know that JRPGs <laughs> can take a long time to uh, get ramped up. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I got Persona Five Royal, so I've been playing. I played like a little tiny bit of it this week, and yeah, I've played like maybe four hours, and that is not a lot in Persona. So I know that it takes a while for it to get ramped up, but at least you're like, 
I don't but know. that's like it like starts it off interesting. That's that's why I even brought it up and wanted to hear where you were at with it because yeah. um because like even though those games take a long time, like I'm thinking like Octopath, Bravely Default, mm-hmm. Persona games, they take a long time to get rolling, but at least from like the jump, there's characters that I'm like, oh, I think this character's interesting. I want to see what happens with them. Even if it takes a long time for the gameplay part to get rolling. Whereas with Xenoblade, I'm trying to understand why it's so revered when I haven't found any reason to want to continue to play it beyond the environment is cool. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I was... I did the um, horrible Google search, when does Xenoblade Chronicles get good? <laughs> and I think that says it all. And it says <laughs> lobsters pee in each other's faces. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep playing it, um, but we'll see. I mean, the fact that I pulled out Pokemon Ultra Sun as an option to play this week, I think, I don't know. Hey, you need to get the sun in your life somehow. But what if, Allison, instead of playing Ultra Sun, you you could sit in this sphere that went through these great Pokemon locations that you know and love. And you could just you take some nice pictures of of all these Pokemon. So are are we getting into these now? I don't know. You could like, uh, I don't know, maybe like snap some some photos of these Pokemon. You can uh, snap okay. some necks. I'm pretty pumped, yeah. We, oh, we not got, of Pokemon. <laughs> not this, of Pokemon. This, this week, we got Skate coming back and Pokemon Snap coming back. And somehow, I'm not nearly as excited at what they actually showed <laughs> of either of them. Oh. Well, they didn't show but, anything of Skate, well, right, did they? Exactly, that's kind of what I'm uh, saying. Like, but, but still, I think Pokemon Snap... Uh, the visuals are really great, so hopefully it, the level it looks real cool. nice. People who are like, "How come Sword and Shield looks like shit?" Because it's a oh different fucking kind yeah. of game. Exactly. God damn it. Yeah, and when like, you make a, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I like we don't know a lot about the new Pokemon Snap, but it's like that first game was basically like you're on rails and oh, yeah. taking photos. Exactly. So it's like you know, it, it allows for a lot more of a kind of limited experience. They. Yeah, they've said it's based on the original, which is that. That's but the they showed they showed a lot of new Pokemon. So yeah. are they gonna be like here are all the old levels updated, and then here's the new stuff, or is it just I, I mean, like here's that, the old levels and we put some new Pokemon in them? I, I hope it's what you said first and not yeah. yeah I hope what you that, said second. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it'd be really neat if they if they had some of those old, old levels. I mean, especially since the like they're such on rails. I know that some a couple of those early levels are like burned into my brain. Like the, yeah. like the first one I'm like the mind cart and yeah. Um, and, and like the one where you're like in the jungle and you're on the river and you're like, like that st- stuff is, is neat. Th- those um, are the only three levels in that game. Those- <laughs> but like, but you, you know, it's, um, you know, so I, I think it would be kind of cool to see, Oh, here are those levels. But, but like, yeah, in, in new, but I, I hope they also add new content. Pokemon got wild, another like space Pokemon. So like, if they have mm-hmm. a space garbage level, Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon well, that there, are there was al- there was always there was always a garbage Pokemon. Muck, okay, but Primer. was there always a Pokemon who was literally a pile of trash? No, uh, I don't think Muck so. is toxic sludge. So that's it, not the same. Okay. It's kind of like decomposed 
garbage is mud. But isn't that a newer Pokemon since when Pokemon Snap came out? Trubbish? Yeah. Uh, po- no. Yeah, no, Trubbish is Trubbish newer. is, but Muck yeah. is not. I was I was more talking about Trubbish. Oh. And the key well, ring one. Those are the ones that I'm like, yeah, I want to take some fucking pictures of Can we get the those. pictures of the ice cream? Yeah, the ice cream. <laughs> yes, the ice cream one is really good. I was reminded when I played, when I booted up Sword and, well, Pokemon Shield and did that thing, I have the ice cream one in my party, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is a great, this is a great character. Not even just a great Pokemon, great character, full stop. Mm-hmm. It, that was, that was a really funny video, like, thing they put out, because they first started off like, here's a thing to get your little kids to brush their teeth, <laughs> and, yeah. oh, what else did, oh, Pokemon Go, and what else did they announce? There was that puzzle like, game thing. Oh yeah, like a, yeah, a Pokemon the, Cafe mobile. It's not like going to be like a free but, play. Yeah, it's a free to play. Yeah, it's kind of like a Tsum, like a Sum Sum Tsum Tsum whatever yeah, Disney, I'll, the Disney I'll give game it a shot thing. when when it comes it's out. out it's out. Oh, at least I, on no, it's not out until. Oh, maybe it's preload. No, Pokemon Smile is out. I was checking for my girlfriend's friend who has a young child who doesn't <laughs> want to brush her teeth. <laughs> How I mean, specific? Hey. <laughs> Huh. She, yeah, I was. It's, she'll do anything to not brush her teeth, but maybe the I, Pokemon Smile will help. I saw that that direct was happening, and I believe I was finishing playing Left Behind, the Last of Us DLC, mm-hmm. and I was like, I could pause and watch this direct. But the only thing that would I would get excited about is if they announced the new Pokemon Snap. So I'm not going to watch it. They're not going to do that. <laughs> like what? Well, well, well. Um, yeah, uh, Pokemon uh, Cafe Mix is coming out on June 23rd. So, okay. Um, the day before their second video, which second? they at the end are like, and we've got another presentation next week for a big project we're working on. So it's gotta be Pokemon Tournament Two, right? What? God. Pokemon Tournament Two, right? Come on. Yeah, that's that's got to be it. Uh, or no, Pokemon Stadium Remaster. I was so going to say play Pokemon Lickitung, Stadium Sushi, whatever. Po- oh God, that game. Uh, was how so about good. Pokemon Pinball yes, Two? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they've already Stadium done a second is, one. There, there have been multiple Pokemon oh, okay. Stadium minigames, though, are like top tier. Uh, Pokemon Stadium is, is, the, is perhaps my favorite Pokemon game only because it distills Pokemon down to being the exact thing that I want. To only the dog fighting. Make them fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, Lickitung eating a bunch of sushi. So, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Yes. And that's always a, that's a classic. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I would say about Pokemon Snap is my favorite thing about Pokemon Snap is um, less just the taking pictures and more the ways in which it's like, oh, if you throw a berry here at this time while this Pokemon is looking at this, then it causes this crazy mm-hmm. thing to happen. That's like those, those like secret elements yeah. are my favorite parts mm-hmm. of that game. And I hope that this new one understands that that's what makes those games. So cool. I hope so. Too. I hope I can go to so cool. blockbuster and print out my pictures. I was going to say, like, is there really a point now that we can't go to blockbuster? You think the one in Oregon is still open. No, but will they have that machine? I don't uh, know. Hopefully. What, oh, if they I made a single so. Pokemon snap, like to machine, for that single blockbuster. blockbuster. That would be, I would travel to that blockbuster. No, you know what it would be instead is you can pay Amazon to ship you printouts uh, with an integration in the game. Oh, no. If they were to actually do some kind of thing like that. Nintendo would, would do it directly. Bad. Come on. Nintendo would uh, po- Nintendo would do it directly. Uh, I guess, sell, but it's sell a, a new company, uh, so. printer, like the printer that they had for the Game Boy. Um, I wish. That stuff was so cool. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so there's going to be another Pokemon video uh, pro- uh, 
revealing a new game, it seems like, uh, this week on the 24th. So look forward to that. What do we think it's going to be? A Pokemon 2, Pokemon Stadium remaster. Let's go for second gen. Okay, let's go Crystal. Okay, what are are the uh, two they choose? So we had Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. Let's go. I don't remember the start. Let's Meryl, go. Uh, Meryl. Yeah, I think Meryl is a solid choice. Let's go Meryl and let's go Centret. Centret. Uh, I would go for Mareep. Mareep. Oh, yeah. Mareep's a good choice. That's a good one. I, I, think, I would um, play that one. Uh, that's my. Yeah, I saw people say gem, Meryl and but, Pichu, but uh, like Pichu is so similar to that's, Pikachu. That's the same yeah. bullshit. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, um, I think that's probably 100%. It is probably let's go to, um, yeah, for sure. I, I think that something that that I think that uh, um, stadium makes sense for them to bring eventually as a because there was so much like criticism around you can't bring your entire collection into Sword and Shield, a game like Stadium where they make it a place where every Pokemon can participate but seems like a cool thing i'm part of the reason supposedly that they didn't bring everything into uh, i'm i guess it depends on if stadium would become like the de facto competitive thing and like how is it balanced and stuff like that like because yeah i don't know that's a really if i were i I don't know how pokemon uh, com- like competitive Pokemon works, but it seems like if you wanted to make Pokemon Stadium, you would want to do it for the esports scene at this point. Mm-hmm. So it, if they I were just the, have their battle game, because if I were so the president of Poke of the Pokemon Company, which I should be, because mm-hmm. I have never played Pokemon competitively and never done any of the end game content, yeah. so clearly mm-hmm. I'm the best choice. <laughs> yeah, no, Nintendo um, loves that yeah. shit. Um, I would totally do what you're saying and say this Pokemon Stadium is like the the competitive place you go play all the other Pokemon games and buy them all to collect the Pokemon. Yeah. Cause you can't catch them in stadium. And so then, then you have a whole team that's just on balance. Exactly. And, and, and you say, Hey, there's like a thousand Pokemon in this game, but you, and you can play any of them in the casual battles, but we have a ranked list of 200 Pokemon that are, what are available this season for mm. you to play competitively. Mm-hmm. Um, Bring in your Ivy trained perfect exactly uh, right yeah so go train your pokemon in their in their separate games put them bring in your them to pokemon, pokemon bank home. that you that you pay them a month of a, a monthly or yearly fee for then bring them to stadium the game that you paid 60 dollars for and that you probably then that you're paying nintendo online for like that is totally how i would be i do all of that yeah. or they could just bring back pokemon coliseum and call it a day yeah that's fair sure the, the only other thing i could see being interesting is if they're like oh we see temtem now we're going to buy that, and so they put Pokemon in it. So, yeah, that I don't see that happening. No, but, I don't. You know, but it, it would be, be nice. Temtem's fucking rad, though. It, it would be super nice. <laughs> Temtem kicks ass. So, People so should play Temtem. We we're thinking, let's go, uh, let's go, Meryl and Mareep. <laughs> Which I, I think that's not. Actually, I think that'll be a, fun. I, I those are good. Let's go milk cute. tank. <laughs> oh no! Roll out. Oh yeah. Is that, was that roll out? Yeah. I can't even remember. That. Yeah, roll yeah. out. Yeah. That, yeah, Whitney is built. Yeah. Fucking Pokemon games got soft. Like or fucking Whitney and her milk tank. God. Playing God. that game kill you as a kid and being like, how do I get past this milk tank? Yeah, yep. it was impossible. Same. 
Like I've got uh, this fucking egg in my got goddamn <laughs> egg in my uh, party. What yeah. Doing? <laughs> I gotta have the egg with me. I'm walking all over the place. I want it to hatch. I need Togepi. God, I want to be like Misty. Yeah, that thing was messed up. <laughs> we all yep. want to be like I, Misty. That, that was, was like doesn't want to be like Misty. That is one of the things that makes me not like Sword and Shield. It's like it's too easy. I want Milk Tank to roll over my face over and over. Um, <laughs> moving on. Okay, okay. Moving on. Let's move. <laughs> uh, okay. Next news story: <laughs> Cyberpunk. Yep. Twenty seventy seven. Finally, it's coming Speaking out. Who's ready to play it? Oh yeah. Who's ready I'm to play? Born it? ready. Uh, any day now. Uh, oh, it's what? Like it's delayed. To, yeah, for no, later in no, September? Not anymore. It, it has been delayed. Wait, it was months. delayed. It was that delayed to September. I, I need they, to they play again. Path of Neo to get my Keanu Reeves and video game <laughs> fix before then. That's, yeah. Uh, hashtag gaming fix podcast. <laughs> um, Keanu fix podcast. Keanu fix. Who wants we'll to start? Bill and Ted I bet Erica, Three. I bet. I bet Erica would Matrix do a Four. With me. I, I, I would, would do John a Wick Wick Four. Sweet. John yeah. Wick Four. Right. Is that a Great. thing? What? Point Break. John Wick Four. Are they making probably? That? Yeah, uh, probably. They are indeed, and they uh, should. So yeah, we could just do a podcast about all Keanu Reeves' upcoming projects. And uh, I believe we would for longevity. We would make it about each Keanu Reeves. What each one of his lines? You would do one episode oh, wow. about a line per movie so that we have yeah and we try to i mean maybe we squeeze them together so that we can do like a movie a year god so we're gonna be no. like we're gonna have to spend a whole week on whoa <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we could we could do that across every movie like the, the various woes it'd be like doing a podcast on owen wilson and the way wow like, wow it's a long play because i just am excited for the episode where he says i get it <laughs> Okay, I'm looking forward to there's a bomb on a bus or like, you know, you go below 50, it blows up. (laughs) Yeah, Keanu cast, Uh, Keanu fix coming soon. So yeah, uh, they have delayed it. That uh, November 19th, that's suspiciously like a console release day. I don't think they said that there's it's, it's coming be, out on like the current console. Yeah, they said it sounds like the next gen compatibility is coming later. Yeah, um, which is I don't. But think it'll it's work that. like day and date. Uh, I, there was something. Let me double check because I I saw them saying something. Uh, Honestly, I think C Project the way that their games have the tail that they have. I wonder how much they even really care about when, like financially, when they launch, and if it's more just make the game good and hopefully mm-hmm. I hope I really fucking hope that this means that their QA team is not working like 12 hour days and 90 hour weeks. Well, well, would hope. That's a good hope. I, though, mm, though there was a lot I, of talk about how this is basically just extending crunch. Yeah. Yes. And I, that's yes. terrible if that's it, the case. Yeah. And that's the video game way. Uh, I mean, just delay it till next year. Just put it. Yeah. It's frustrating. Because that game is going to sell a shitload of copies over the course of its life. Like, The Witcher 3 yeah. is now at 50 million copies, and it's because they market that game so well over the long it, all because It competes with, like, Grand Theft Auto on Steam. Yeah. Like, con- uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 constantly, so... And, yeah. and it's it's because it's a great game that is, like, has so much word of mouth behind it that, like, it just sells, it continues to sell. It's an anomaly in that way, like Grand Theft Auto is. Yeah. Um, And so it would be nice if they just were like... 
eh, we can put it out next summer and make sure people can have lives. Ha- have lives? Is <laughs> Half-Life 3 <laughs> confirmed. Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Half-Life 3 yeah. came out and it was for VR. Half-Life, uh, Half-Life 3 available only in Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> what if there was a VR? What if in Cyberpunk 2077 you had to buy a VR headset to participate in something? Uh, I would be okay with that because I've already bought a VR headset. <laughs> that would be real wild though. <laughs> if they did like a if they did like a, a mode that was VR only and you could jack in and like go on, go on. I'm pretty to the, sure that game in VR would melt any <laughs> existing. If they had like, hardware. A, had like the internet thing. Cause I think there's like, could they, they do the thing where you have to get in an ice bath and then you like jack into the network or something. I don't know, man. Yep. I, I jacking in that game from what I hear. I, I'm still looking forward to that, but oh, uh, me too. It's, yeah, it's, it's I, it, that that and that and Deathloop are my two. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, probably that Deathloop and Ghost of Tsushima. So yeah, I I double checked. It says uh, CD Projekt says that a update to make the game like enhance the game on the new consoles will come out later, but it'll be playable on the new consoles. And I think, yeah. I guess they would have said it in the tweet, but if they could be like. It'll be enhanced, or maybe the, I guess it's on Sony and Microsoft to say it'll. Yeah, we don't. It'll know. boost. Microsoft has already kind of said this, but it'll like better frame rates, HDR implementation for older games. So there's some Pre- of that. So it would have to have faster load times on a PS5 than a PS4. You would think like that's just. Uh, but if it's not designed that way, it doesn't have the update. So I mean, if you install it on an SSD on a PC, it's going to load faster than if you install it on an HDD. Yeah, so, yeah, but um, yeah, so. Yeah, we we haven't seen how any but, of the backwards compatibility stuff works. Yeah, and it's it's God frustrating because it. that's five months away, and we don't have yeah. any idea. I'm going to buy it on PC anyway, but it, yeah. that is very much like console launch window time, November yeah. 19th. We'll see. We'll probably yeah. end up buying it on PC and console because my partner mm. will also want to play it alongside me. Yeah, um, and uh, her PC could run it, but um, she may prefer to play it on a console. I don't know. Sure. Um, so we'll see. All right, let's see what else we got on this n- here news. Persona 4 Golden on PC came out last week. Yeah. We didn't talk about it, did we? No, because it was after the uh, after yeah. the podcast. Yeah. It's uh, uh, people playing that game. Yep, I Atlas said I it's purchased a success. It. Well, it's not even. I have it. Yeah, yeah, I purchased it. Too. I have not played it yet, but the thing is, I just want to support it as immediately as possible to send them a message. Mm-hmm. Hey, bring that game to other places. <laughs> I admittedly did not purchase Persona it. Three Definitive Edition. Yeah, please. bring it to Switch. Because since since Torchlight also came out, I bought that instead, and I I did so both. I, yeah. um, well, I also bought other games too. Fair, yeah. Um, <laughs> it is. What was it? What was it? Uh, can't. What am I doing? It's late. I can't think. What are we talking? What are we? Oh, yeah. Now I remember. Sorry. There is. I was looking at the Summer Game Fest, uh, the Summer Game Fest schedule. We just watch Andre break in real time. I love it. Yeah. No, it's late. I got to pull up the schedule again because there's a lot of events happening over the next few Uh days. Like June 22nd is the developer showcase, which is Day of the Devs and the Game Awards curated stuff. 
23rd is New Game Plus Expo, which is Sega, Atlas, and a bunch of other Japanese companies. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if there'll be more info on like oh, uh, Shin Megami Tensei and Persona stuff coming to PC from Atlas. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. uh, June 24th, there's an Avengers War Table. Game new gameplay and details on the Marvel event. Couldn't care less. And then <laughs> June 25th uh, is the cyberpunk event. Interesting that they announced the delay before that event. Mm. Maybe they were worried about a leak. I don't know. Or maybe they just want to get I'm that pretty excited for out that. of the way. I'm pretty excited for that Avengers thing just because the way that they announced that was by putting out a trailer for their God. trailer. And it was so bad. <laughs> And it was like the Corona, like, we're all in trying times. Like, God, yes. shut up. Fuck off. We, we know. <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, oh, I can't wait for that game, but I also think it's going to be a train wreck. But I'm glad that Persona 4 Golden is a success because that is the best version of the best Persona game. Uh, I. I don't know how I feel about Persona 4 at this point anymore. Well, we're gonna I, I have to do. It's been a long time since I played it, but like some of the 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 uh, the character story writing stuff, I'm like hey, clearly, if we thought there were going to be no games this year, next year is going to be even worse because of the Corona times. What we're gonna have to do as a podcast, everyone's got to play every Persona game, and um, then we'll have a Persona of the all time okay. debate. Oh, I'll do that. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna I be would, that would be super. It's gonna fun. be Persona Q. Hello, uh, I'm here to uh, fight for nope. Persona Three Portable. N numbered games only. Persona Three Portable okay. is fine. We have to pick one version of each. If game it has to, play. to have a number, then Persona Q two. There. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Persona, all night is Persona not Four Arena Ultimax. No, <laughs> we will play Persona One, Persona Two, Persona Three Portable, Persona Four Golden, and Persona Five Royal. Oh God! Straight That's in a like row, nothing. Five hundred hours of game, <laughs> at least. Oh boy! <laughs> that we, we okay. okay. Okay, this is a. Uh, if you send I'll us do enough it. money to quit our jobs, we'll do this. There you go. <laughs> yeah, did you God. allow me to keep a Japanese visa while we do it? <laughs> They're JRPGs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'll get a student visa. That's great. Uh, all right. As any oh the humble humble bundle. Uh, so the itch itch uh, what, the 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 itch racial justice bundle. I, whatever it was called. I don't I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, that was itch uh, racial justice. It was a smashing success. Like was it like eight million dollars? It raised, raised eight million dollars. Yeah, I mean, which is great. It also had seventeen. Hundred games in yeah. it. Yeah, that's a lot of games. So I don't know. I mean, I love Humble. I'm 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 very happy to have my Humble monthly sub, and I buy a lot of Steam stuff through them because of an extra discount that I get. Mm -hmm. But it's that itch a bundle is a hard act to follow. It's, so it really is. Trying. Like I mean, yes. I mean, the bundle on uh, the Humble bundle is a lot. Like it, it has a lot of really good stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Totally, um, and it's yeah. and and it's it's a type of thing where if I didn't have a bunch of these games already, I'd be really really considering. Same. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is that there were a lot of really good games in that itch bundle too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were like every game in that itch bundle. I mean, that's yeah. And I mean, true. like, but, I mean, yeah. like in 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 this uh 
in this uh, humble bundle, it's like there's, you know, like Baba is You, which we like, mm-hmm. Paper Light Drifter. Uh, there's Bioshock Remastered. Like, there's a lot of good stuff it's in here. Totally. But yeah, a lot it's of like the hard... triple I indie stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, there's a lot of like really good things in this bundle. Um, but that being said, like, there was like Night in the Woods and Celeste and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of. And new, like, I almost bought Tonight We Riot, but it's in that itch bundle. Yeah. That game came out like less than a month ago or yep. about a month ago. Yep. Art school is uh, in there. And yeah. uh, the yeah. Death and Taxes, which is that, like, I've been wanting to play it. Mm-hmm. And it's, hey, it's in there. Um, there's a, there's just a lot of good stuff in that like, itch bundle. It, and it's like so much, like, the, the, Minimum donation for that bundle was so much lower than the humble one, which is uh, thirty dollars. Um, I mean, and it's which, like it's good for a good cause. So yeah, I respect the fact that yeah. humble is charging what they are for the bundle. I think it's. I think it's. I I respect itch going so low. Yeah, but I also think that humble going setting it where they did um, is is totally fair and reasonable. Um, yeah, and I, I encourage think people to get it if they don't have those games. But yeah, yeah. The itch bundle is a tough act. I mean, it it sure is for me. I don't even. There's also books and comics and stuff in this. Yeah, that's uh, true. Humble bundle. But for me, I don't even really care about the contents. I'm just glad they're doing it. And like oh, yeah, uh, totally. also like I think it's really. Uh, we mentioned this in our chat, which has no relevance to the cast, but that's fine. Is the first thing that came to mind is I'm really glad that Humble waited for Itch to finish. Like they actually were like, yeah. okay, make sure this like oh, everybody's yeah, yeah. focused on this for now, and we're not splitting the like splitting the user base basically. And like, yeah, like, that, I think that was that and was a good thing for them to do. Humble could have just like cannibalized the Itch market. Oh, totally. Which is like. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't, which they respected yeah. it, which I think is is really good. Yeah. Yes. Humble's a great organization and I'm really glad yeah. that they handled it the way they yeah. did. Yeah, and it Thanks, looks IGN. like a lot of the a lot of the games are um like they're they're different games too. So mm-hmm. there's there's different like value propositions you could make for that. Um and then also uh uh since the uh Humble bundle has made um almost uh three million dollars so far, um Indie devs are in total making at least uh, eleven million dollars for great causes. Yeah. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's super. cool. Which is a hell of a lot fucking more than Valve or uh, a lot of other yeah large outlets have done. So good on them. So like honestly, like props to all the indie devs um, in particular that put their yes. games in these because I know that a lot of the indie devs that are putting their games in these aren't necessarily making like a ton of money off of games. So yeah, um, I'm I'm. I'm very excited. I, I've played a few of the different games in the um, Itch bundle, and I'm excited to kind of give more a shot and hopefully recommend some I, games. I just don't even know where to start with that yeah. bundle. Like I, I, I mean, I know where to start, which is I need to play Frog Faction, Fractions too. Oh God, I do too. <laughs> uh, there's just so there's, much. I would say so much. I would say for sure if you if you have that bundle and you're looking for stuff to play, like. Just, just start clicking and yeah. just play something because there's a very much a, an analysis paralysis thing. I think that can happen with yeah. that thing. If you really, my I I think um, Night in the Woods is an important thing to play. So maybe I've got an install. I've with, got a short. Yeah, short and, and if people who are um, listening haven't played it, uh, uh, I know that Alex and I are both big on Celeste yep. in particular, and mm-hmm. that is a that That's is a one that dang good game. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the gonna... main frustrations is the way the itch client works. They did. I, 
it's smart. They like we're not gonna flood your yeah your like account with new games and stuff. So you have to like go in and you have to like select the game to put it into your thing so yeah. you can access it. But then I just have to go. Well, what the fuck am I playing? Oh I don't. I don't. There's, there's a so lot. There's a game in here. Through. There's a game in here called Throw Cubes into Brick Towers to Collapse yep. Them. Yeah. Okay, that sounds fun. Oh. I I will. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's cool. Um, they said that they're working on a better way to like to make to integrate this bundle into your experience. Yeah, and which, is, which I think is fair them. that they because yeah. I don't. I'm I'm assuming that there's been no itch bundle that's been anywhere close no. to near this no, no, many no. games and this much uh, attention Cer- to it. Certainly so. not. <laughs> but honestly, but at this point, I don't even know how to look at what i bought yeah um what i one of the things that i like about this from from a um you know obviously the most important thing is the cause that it went to but i only recently started using itch um i had heard people talk about it forever uh as a way to get more money in the hands of the developers when you buy the game but i didn't really understand the fact that like you have a library on itch as well it 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 keeps track of your purchases and stuff Mm -hmm. it's not just i always thought it was a like um I buy it and then I get a file and then if I lose the file, then it's hard to track down. Like I got to go dig through my email to find a link or something. I didn't understand that they actually have like a pretty robust DRM free system for accessing your games. Yeah. And it's, I hope it introduces more people to the service so that more people use it because it's better for a lot of these indie devs than buying through steam. Yeah. I haven't really used much of itch before either. And that's one of the things that I'm hoping to do is, um, I know that when I when I look through this, I'm going to probably uh, hopefully try to play a lot of games that are um, by kind of lesser known devs, and then try to you know leave reviews and try to promote them as much yeah. as I can. Um, but it is I yeah I haven't really used much of itch before, but this is definitely um, making me go in and check it out more. So yeah, yeah. so. Check out the humble fight for racial justice bundle. Yeah, yes. yeah, but the humble bundle is yeah, really good sorry. too. We, we um, got on the itch tangent. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, there's like there are like several books in there, and a lot of them are um, f- uh, focusing on uh, like Black history and yeah. uh, really cool. Like like there's a book like a book for kids that are about Black women in science, which looks pretty neat. Yeah. Um, a lot of other good stuff. So like it's it. It is still a really good value proposition, so I yeah I, I might even just buy it because it's also a great cause, but also you know there's a lot of good stuff in there too. So yeah, mm-hmm. all right. And with that, I believe that's uh, going to do it for us. I was going to say one other. There's anything else? One other thing. Okay. The anti- the Attack on Titan anthology is in there, and I think y'all should read that. Okay. <laughs> is that? Is that like manga or is that like a novelization? I couldn't. I think tell. it's probably the manga. It the I think like manga. I think it's all the chapters to date of the manga, or maybe to the last volume. Gotcha. Okay, that's in the humble yes. bundle. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's that's so much yeah. so much there. Yeah. Uh, all um, right. Wait, no. It looks like it's not the manga. It's like it's, um, it's reinterpreted by like Western comics oh, artists. Interesting. I didn't know that. Huh. Weird. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because I was like, why would that be in there? Because it's like a lot of it's stuff from not all of it, but a lot of it's stuff from like black creators and authors. Read the story. Okay. (laughs) Because it's very 
it's very much about marginalized groups getting a voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, with that, we're going to finally wrap up this episode. I was like, oh, we'll get in like a nice two hour podcast today. And I told I you. Was, nope. <laughs> can we do Is that possible for us to do? Uh, we had a two minute Maybe. one. Our average has come down quite a bit. Well, she could knock out the outliers. Anyway, <laughs> that's uh, going to do it for episode 126 of Gaming Fix on June 20th, 2020. I have been your host, Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite lobster fact. You can find me on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. Pat, where can people find you? You can find me at PJC Plays and reading 400-page strategy game manuals. Alex. Someday I'll find a time to talk about. Oh, okay. Alex? You can find me getting a load of hot dog fingers. (laughs) So good. I see your brain working. I'm uh, I is getting a load of anything. I don't know. No, um, Allison. That's not. <laughs> you can find my bug snacks uh, stand account at Twitter uh, at w r i t e r s e r e n y t y. My weenie hand. <laughs> uh, if you use your weenie hands to go to twitter.com slash fix podcast, you can hit that follow button and keep up with everything we're doing and all our uh, weird thoughts. Like what if Al- the switch was backwards compatible with the PlayStation Vita and played UMDs? Some of Alex's tweets are just like so good. What? There's sometimes when I go like, I think Alex needs a needs his own Twitter account, and then I'm like, one, no, no, actually, I this kinda, is the right. I'm spot. glad that, that, that one was me. Was the UMD that one. Was, oh, that was yours? that was that was Andre. Mine was the Wyoming <laughs> one. Oh. Indeed, that was me. Uh, <laughs> but you know, or what does it mean to Wyoming? Because yeah, Wyoming is a verb. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, you should follow you. the Gaming Fix Twitter account, and <laughs> yeah. then also follow us on Twitter and. Uh, leave yeah, reviews places and podchaser.com yeah. uh, slash gaming fix with your weenie hands to leave us a review. It doesn't have to be your hands. Do what you want. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, so yeah, it, it can be your, your voice, do whatever. Yeah. One thing we didn't touch Speech on is text. last of us two has a hella accessibility. Hell yeah, options. it does. Yes. We've yeah, been talking about yeah. accessibility in that game so for exciting. months. I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. It's really impressive what they like all the things they do and what it does. Uh, and, but. and shockingly, the fact that some of those accessibility options are just really nice options to have and maybe yeah. help you tailor the game to your experience, even if you are like privileged and abled. Like, turns out accessibility is good for everyone. <laughs> like, having options for difficulty and stuff and, and settings is good. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Uh, we'll try and get someone on who can speak to that at some point, I hope. Absolutely. We'll see. Uh, thanks for joining me, everybody. Thanks, Andre. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Hell or high water. <laughs> thanks, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>